Blog Talk Radio.
judgment comes upon the law. Time to waste, run to the cross. Drunk old lies of this age. Feels too smart to believe. Trade their future for their lust. Blindly passion, they call you to join them. Fall into the order that Satan has designed. Men getting ready to sell their soul. For a chance to receive his mark Father God, for the times that we are in right now, we praise you for opening our eyes um, in many cases long ago and continuing to fill in the blanks uh, that are actually seem to be dwindling very rapidly. Very, very few um, blanks, it seems, other than knowing that there are prophetically a number of things that still have to happen, but we don't know for sure whether or not the barley harvest or the first fruits harvest will still be here for some of those events. Father, we just want to praise you and thank you every single day um, and dwell in the secret place of the Most High and fall in love with you. Fall in love with you, Jesus. Fall in love with everything that has to do with the kingdom. Be pure to the pure. All things are pure. Uh, Titus 1.15. Father God, we want to be that. We want to be that, that bride without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. And we need all the help that we can get from you. If anyone seeks wisdom, let them ask God to, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it shall be given them, James 1, 5. And Father, we are seeking you with all of our heart. We want you to reveal to us the things that we have to change in our lives. We pray that you will continue to use the refiner's fire on us to whatever extent is necessary. We surrender our lives, our bodies, we, uh, as, you know, our bodies, as the scripture says, as a living sacrifice, holy, we pray, and accept to you is a spiritual service of worship. And we pray, Father God, in the name of Jesus, that you will enlighten us through your supernatural wisdom and touch us in a way that we are uh, able to sense and feel and see without any uh, uh, hindrance whatsoever uh, the things in our lives that we need to change and uh, those things that we need to jump on because we see 
the uh, walls of satanic darkness clamping down upon the whole globe as we knew was going to eventually happen, but uh, certainly I did not imagine it going down the way that it is, and it's, uh, it's alarming. It's absolutely horrific in so many ways, but we give you all the praise, Father God, because we know what your scripture says in Isaiah 26, verse, I believe it's 9b, the second half of 9b, uh, where it says, when, you're, when your judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world will learn righteousness, Father. And at midnight, we will rise to give thanks to you because of your righteous judgments. We understand and we praise you for helping us to understand that you're using Satan on an executive severance package of, of, of a type to bring in the fullness of the Gentiles. Uh, we praise you for the good and the bad, the dark. It rains on the just and the unjust. And we just thank you, Father God, because all these are opportunities to... There isn't a such thing as an uh, atheist in a foxhole. We understand these dynamics. We understand the dynamics of Psalm 91. We pray that we, get, we will receive your divine protection uh, uh, by virtue of you bringing us uh, through an anointing to a continuous uh, abiding in the secret place of the Most High, even through our work days, which is extremely difficult to do. And we just trust you. We trust you. We believe that you're going to bring us through these things. We believe that you're going to give us divine protection. Protection. We believe that, that we are going to make it out of here before things get really horrible. We stand on that hope, and we uh, seek you with all of our heart. And we just pray, Father God, that you will continue to lift your hand down into the pit or into the, uh, oh, what do you want to call them, the wells that we might slip and fall into, the ditches that we might uh, uh, twist our ankles on on this journey, on the, on the narrow uh, path. But we just pray, Jesus, please continue to help steady our, our path, steady our walk straight and our path in Jesus name that we will make it because we stand on the promises we are we are seeking you with all of our heart we need your help we admit that our sin is always before us and in sin our mothers conceived us wash us with your hyssop make us whiter than snow and create in each of us a clean heart we pray in the name of Jesus and give you all the glory power father God now and forever and ever thank you father thank you Lord Jesus hallelujah and amen praise you Lord
Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. A special shout-out to Brother Justin and West Coast Walder, who's uh, on his game again. Praise Jesus. Now, I'm not suggesting he ever came off of his game. I'm just saying it. I have been seeing a little bit more of him lately uh, than usual. Praise God. Uh, so I'm just happy to see he's doing well. Um, uh, and Vera, thank you so much uh, for the sound checks. God bless every one of you. Um, uh, yes, yeah, Sundays are especially emotionally challenging for me okay now sometimes i spend uh the better part of the weekend ferreting through you know uh unpacking and looking around for apocalyptic news but every once in a while i'll take a saturday or whatever and i'll say i need you know i got to get some work done around the house um you know spring cleaning kind of things which i am really 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 bad at i mean i am that that is not for me i mean i actually there are times when I look at my life and I say, you know, I really do need a wife, uh, one that, that's, you know, that I can support and take care of and that will help me with things around the house. But God doesn't want it. He doesn't want that. So uh, I just have to deal with it and I have to take these things on myself. And they, some of them are just absolutely mammoth. <laughs> I mean, I don't know about y'all, but if you have a pantry and, and you're anything like me, cleaning that pan, you know, doing a spring cleaning on that pantry is a mammoth. I mean, absolutely woolly mammoth undertaking. Uh, I, I looked at work and I said to myself, I had made a list of things that I wanted to do this weekend to get accomplished. And I started, I decided, you know, I was always taught that you want to take the hardest thing and put it at the top of the list. So I put the pantry uh, uh, spring cleaning thing, you know, bleaching down the shelves, putting special uh, sprays in there to kill, you know, bug attacks and things like that. Well, anyway, I looked at it and I said, you know, that, that's, that's a big job. And uh, so I said, I'm going to start with that. <laughs> by the time I got, there's like six shelves. And by the time I got three down, and I did a really good job on those three. But I had uh, – it was just awful. I had uh, filled up essentially two big black – I don't even know how many, probably 40-gallon, 30-gallon, maybe 30-gallon black trash bags full of food that was no longer – I mean, it was so – it was – it was kind of disgusting, actually. But that's, you know, that's just me. I'm, I'm a computer geek. I'm a techno geek, and I work a very, very, very stressful, long-hour job. Uh, I spent over two, almost two hours on the phone with my boss Saturday morning. Uh, I, I'm not going to get into that. And um, uh, anyway, so, uh, yeah, I work in incredibly stressful job. I mean, the equivalent of a, a criminal lawyer, uh, easily. And, um, I, you know, it's, it's, I'm just going to say words cannot describe. All right. Now, all that being said, by the time I got done with the third shelf down, I was, my legs were getting numb. I mean, I was, I'm in way worse shape than I realized from this sedentary job working, you know, uh, 12, 8, you know, sometimes 10 hours, sometimes 11 hours, sometimes 12 hours. It just depends. And then, you know, uh, it, it bleeds over, you know, because highly stressful jobs do that. And so, like I said, I was hoping that when I moved to the new job that uh, that stress would diminish and all that kind of stuff. But um, wishful thinking only. Wishful thinking only. Um, I would submit that this job is actually, with, it, with, with the exception of the continuous threat of being fired, which is very stressful, um, <clears throat> this job is more <coughs> excuse me, this job is definitely much more stressful than my last one. <coughs> excuse me, why I'm having a coughing fit, I don't know. 
Uh, that was that should be uh, that that should have been restricted to yesterday when I was dealing with um, uh, copious amounts of bleach uh, cleaning those shelves. Praise God. But anyway, so yeah, I'm so far out of shape that I'm walking dead right now. So if I don't get going, I don't know how I'm going to do it with my job, the work that needs to be done around the house. I need to get. I I don't know what I'm going to do. But I'm going to have to sort my way through it somehow because there's just not enough hours in the day Uh, with the radio show, with, you know, taking care of the house and the dogs and all the cleaning that needs to be done, the backyard, the pool. I have a pool service that's just absolutely awful, and I know I should fire them, but oh well. It's really hard for me to fire because let me tell you something, finding somebody else to take on my pool, forget it. I have to go through five or six pool companies before one will say yes. And then I got to jump. You know, if they ask for this much a month, I have to, like, double it because otherwise they'll just quit. Um, I have a very large tree. Uh, I have a lot of trees. It's, 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 a, it's like a forest around my house. And so, unfortunately, and even if I did have a birdcage around the pool, it wouldn't matter because it, all the, the trees would just dump on top of the birdcage. And then there would be this three-hour uh, episode of work uh, every weekend trying to get the debris off the top of the you know, birdcage. So anyway, um, yeah, it's a worst. Yeah, so it, it, all this stuff, it just adds up. Anybody out there, is there any, let's hear a, a praise offering to Jesus if you feel just a sl- little tiny bit overwhelmed, huh? Oh, boy. Okay, I feel better. Yeah. I do. I feel better. Praise God. It's not just me. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, I shared on the uh, prayer vigil uh, a couple of things. I'm going to reshare them tonight. One of them I do not have queued up, but I'm going to queue it up right away. I'm going to move quickly into that. Hallelujah. Um, this is also going to be another one of those nights. Uh, Brother G- Gary is extremely timely, and I love that. Uh, but I believe we're going to have to wrap up the news after Brother Gary uh, does his one-hour um, teaching tonight, which is awesome. Um Sorry, I have, um, to top it all off, I have a wicked case of indigestion. It's one of those that can only be treated with Phillips Milk of Magnesia Cherry flavored. Thank you very much. But anyway, somebody sent me this from uh, Spurgeon's Daily Help. It's a little app that you can get for your phone. And this is wonderful. Uh, This, it was a supernatural coincidence. I will leave it at that. Uh, The timing that it came in was highly supernatural, highly coincidental, could, o- could only have been from the throne room of God. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to share that for those of you out there who are still in the workplace. Now, I know um, there's a lot of people that are retired and stuff that listen to the program, and God bless you, and I thank you for all of your prayers because you have more time to pray than any one of 50 people at the workplace. God bless you. Um, uh, but I'm going to read this. This is from Charles Spurgeon. Quote, those who have not to work hard think that they will love heaven as a place of service. And that is very true. But to the working man or woman, to the man who toils with his brain or with his hands, it must ever be a sweet thought that there is a land where we shall rest. Oh, Weary sons and daughters of Adam, you shall be still, you shall be quiet, and you shall rest yourselves, for all are rich in the heaven, are, are in heaven, all are happy there, and all are peaceful, toil, trouble, travail, labor, and words that cannot be spelled in heaven, 
They have no such things there, for they always rest. Praise God. Now, I would add, and I love that, praise Jesus, so we'll just, you know, give another praise offering to the Lord for that one. Amen. All right. I know it. Amen. Because, because uh, we got to go to work tomorrow. Oh, man. Praise Jesus. Thank you, Father, for our work. Thank you, Father, that we are being taken care of. We understand um, scriptures that warn and say, you know, there will come a time when no man can work. I do not believe that will happen during the time that the barley harvest faith, first fruits rapture folks are on the earth. I do not know when that will occur, but it surely seems to me, as best as I can tell when I read the scripture, that that snaps, that event, that period, that moment, that line in the sand occurs after, you know, uh, you know, after, uh, all the ugly that we're about to go through here in the seals. Okay, I just can't snap that into the seals. And there's a gazillion reasons why, one of which, there's so many. I'm not going to waste, we have so little time tonight. And once again, as always, way, way, way too much news to put out. And um, it is what it is. I kind of, sort of, maybe saw this coming a little bit, but I had no Oh, no. Yeah, my my boo boo. My big mistake is that if, you know, if you want to call it a mistake or or shortcoming, whatever you want to call it, is that I never anticipated the magnitude. Um, uh, I was having a conversation just a few moments ago as I was preparing for the program tonight that um, the Bob Fletcher, you know, we used to bring, we've had him on the program a couple of times, uh, Bob Fletcher Investigations. Now, the last we heard, this is a long time ago, by the way, years and years and years ago, was that he was sick. Now, what he had, I don't know. But the word was that it was very, very serious. So it's possible that Bob is not with us anymore. I do not know the answer to that. Um, I will say I found an archive out on the internet using DuckDuckGo of some of his, you know, top radio shows that he that he did, and I I say praise Jesus. Now, one of the things that Bob Fletcher used to say with great authority, he was absolutely beyond certain, beyond any shadow of a doubt, of one thing for sure. Now he was he was certain of a whole lot of other things too, but This one thing he used to say on every show, every show. And what had happened was Bob had shifted. He he used to talk about all kinds of end times things. But at one point, and I don't know what the trigger was, but at one point he shifted and started to talk about only Planet X. Okay. And um, uh, anyway, uh, one of the things that Bob Fletcher emphasized with immense passion is that they, the forces of darkness, that know about Planet X had no choice but to complete their lockdown agenda on the world before Planet X got close enough to the Earth that it became a real problem. Now, I, I'm not going to, you know, I, I, I don't remember, quite honestly, exactly what Bob thought as far as the impact and how that impact would unravel. Um, and there's a lot of people. If you put any 10 Planet X experts in a room, 
and you ask each one of them one by one how they see it unfolding, you will definitely have 10 completely different opinions. Some will say it's just a planet. Some will say it's a solar system. Some will say this. Some will say that. You know, it, it's all over the road. All right, praise God. But Bob, the one thing Bob stood on with great authority, he was, boy, was he emphatic about it, was that the elites needed to get the global population under control before Planet X arrived. Now, we all know that the actual use of the term arrive is exceedingly unclear because as far as I'm concerned, it's pretty much arrived. Um, we've done the, the last couple of shows on Planet X, and um, I've, I've even read prophecies that were so unbelievably perfect um, that aligned with uh, all the things that are associated with Planet X and the arrival of that solar system. Um, and uh, I think the last radio show was pretty good. I think I think things came together pretty well. We didn't run out of, you know, we ran a little bit, we ran out of time a little bit at the very, very end so that the music was not able to play on the live stream. But as, but as far as the content was concerned, the Lord blessed us and we were able to get the vast majority of the information out prior to the cutting off of the live stream. So praise God for that. Now, uh, Sister Kimberly, you did say that I was cutting out, my audio was cutting out, um, but no one else has said so. So I'm wondering if you may have had a, um, um, uh, you know, um, issue on your end. I don't know, Sister Kimberly. So anyway, God bless you. Uh, but anyway, on that note, let's just go ahead and try to chisel our way through this stuff. It's endless. But you know what? And there's a lot of um, audio bites that I want to play for you tonight. But And you might say, well, those are not current news. And you know what? And by the way, um, uh, uh, my uh, blood pressure medications, oh, Jiminy Cricket, say, make me so thirsty. But anyway, I'll be stopping and sucking on water, as I always do. But anyway, um, it, 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 they're so relevant, and it's – I got to play them. So anyway, I'm going to play them. I am going to play them, and uh, we'll have to stop. Then we'll bring on Brother Gary, which will be awesome. And then um, I will finish up the rest of the news you know, depending on how far I get through these. So first and foremost, let's start with you kids. Kids, are you ready? All right. Kids, did you hear about the crab that went to the seafood disco? The seafood disco. Well, he pulled a muscle. <laughs> what do you think, kids? You work with, what do you think? Hey, if you don't like it, you don't. But okay, that's cool. I'll take it. It's a win. Kids, what did one raindrop say to the other? Two's company and three's a cloud, <laughs> right? <laughs> three's a cloud. What do you think? Uh, uh, yeah, you work. Okay. We got some um, future meteorologists in the group here. All right, uh, kids, what do you call a bee who is having a bad hair day? A bee that is having a bad hair day, kind of like what I have. You know, when when your hair is thinning out so much and, you, and it, you know, you're kind of like, I don't even want to get into it. I mean, it's like, whatever. Um, yeah, it's, you know, I like to cut my hair really short, kind of beetle beetle short in the summertime. Um, but I don't have, 
I'm I don't know what I'm I'm thinking it through. I'll just I'll just leave it at that because when I cut it as short as I like to cut it nowadays, <laughs> there isn't very much left. All right, but anyway, kids, what do you call a bee who has who is having a bad hair day? A uh, frizz bee. <laughs> All right, a frizz bee. You got it here. You what? Come on. All right. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Anyway, on that note, let's go ahead and go right into the news. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? It's not normal. It's just wrong. Uh, wrong. It's not normal. This is disturbing. <laughs> Game over. Amen. Praise God. Boy, I'm jumping around like a crazy person here in the office going, oh, wait a minute. I haven't taken that vitamin, haven't taken that vitamin, haven't taken that vitamin. Uh, you know, the, the problem is I come in here as I always have on the same schedule, the same time for 12 years. I know the routine. I have it down. I, you know, I do. I really do. The problem is the volume, the sheer volume of the apocalyptic news is way out of control. And I'm going to have to make adjustments. I'm going to have to start my show prep at four. So I got to move it up an hour, no doubt about it. And I'm not even sure four is going to do the trick. All right. So anyway, I'm going to start out by playing a couple of uh, clips, one right after the other. They're all very short, but I want you to hear them. They're from a dude or dudette uh, on my finely tuned Twitter feed that refers to itself, themselves, whatever, selves, as the Illuminati bot, <laughs> okay? And I'm telling you, I don't know who this Illuminati bot is, but I will say this. Um, boy, they can, these, wow, I'll display it. So this is from an, a 1981 movie. I do not know the name of the movie. They did not disclose the name of the movie, but I'm going to play it for you anyway. All right. And hold on a second. I got to double check my gizmos and gadgets and flippy switches and things like that. And sure enough, I have it in the wrong position. It is now in the right position. Hallelujah. And I'm double checking my radio stats and volume settings. And here we go. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. All right. Listen to this 1981 movie here. I don't know what movie this is. The process that creates this boredom that we see in the world now may very well be a self-perpetuating, unconscious form of brainwashing created by a world totalitarian government based on money, and that all of this is much more dangerous than one thinks. And it's not just a question of individual survival, Wally, but that somebody who's bored is asleep, and somebody who's asleep will not say no. See, I keep meeting these people. I mean, uh, just a few days ago, I met this man whom I greatly admire. He's a Swedish physicist, Gustav Bjornstrand, and he told me that he no longer watches television, he doesn't read newspapers, and he doesn't read magazines. He's completely cut them out of his life because he really does feel that we're living in some kind of Orwellian nightmare now and that everything that you hear now contributes to turning you into a robot. 1981. When I was at Sindhorn, I met this extraordinary English tree expert, who had devoted his life to saving trees. Just got back from Washington, lobbying to save the Redwoods. He's 84 years old. He always travels with a backpack because he never knows where he's going to be tomorrow. And when I met him at some point, he said to me, where are you from? 
And I said, New York. He said, ah, New York, yes, that's a very interesting place. Do you know a lot of New Yorkers who keep talking about the fact that they want to leave but never do? And I said, oh, yes. And he said, why do you think they don't leave? I gave him different banal theories. He said, oh, I don't think it's that way at all. He said, I think that New York is the new model for the new concentration camp, where the camp has been built by the inmates themselves, and the inmates are the guards, and they have this pride in this thing they've built. They've built their own prison, and so they exist in a state of schizophrenia, where they are both guards and prisoners, and as a result, they no longer have, having been lobotomized, the capacity to leave the prison they've made or to even see it as a prison. And then he went into his pocket, and he took out a seed for a tree, and he said... This is a pine tree. He put it in my hand and he said, escape before it's too late. See, actually for two or three years now, Chiquita and I have had this very unpleasant feeling that we really should get out. And we really feel like Jews in Germany in the late 30s. Get out of here. Of course, the problem is where to go because it seems quite obvious that the whole world is going in the same direction. Did you hear that? <laughs> That's 1981. Where to go? The whole world is going in the same direction. I've had, um, okay, and I'm finding out from West Coast Walter that the movie is My Dinner with Andre from 1981. Now, Walter, I need you to type into the messenger, how did you find that out? Okay, just let me know because uh, I want to know. Um, inquiring minds want to know. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. So I'm going to go ahead and make a note here in the show notes because that movie I'm going to have to see. All right. So anyway, my dinner with Andre. All right. So there you go, folks. Uh, straight from the desk of West Coast Walter. Hallelujah. Oh, oh, he go- oh, so he Googled part of the quote. All right. Well, look at you, Mr. Cybermaniac. <laughs> well, good job. All right. So, uh, kids, what do you think of West Coast Walter tonight? He's on his game, right? I mean, come on. Hey. All right. Praise Jesus. Okay. So that's pretty, like, um, he said he uh, searched on New York is the new model for the concentration camps. Okay, so and he comes up with the name of the movie, My Dinner with Andre. Wow, creepy stuff. So, of course, they knew, but they knew even before then. They knew even before then that the – but what? here's the thing. It's one thing to know about uh, Sir Francis Bacon and, 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 the 16, and his writings in the 1600 of the New Atlantis, which was uh, kind of like um, writing about the fall of the United States as the phoenix that has to be sacrificed for the rising up of the New World Order, which aligns with you know, provoking Russia because if we provoke them enough, they're going to nuke us. See, the United States has always been a serious, serious problem for uh, the, world, you know, the, the entities of the elite, the trilateral commission, the world. World Economic Forum types, all that kind of stuff. They've always been the biggest problem of all because each individual state is like its own country. I've covered this before. So anyway, so I think, I personally believe and have believed that their intention has been all along uh, that they provoke Russia so bad that Russia ultimately nukes us and China comes to collect their debt. So Red Dawn was highly prophetic. Now, uh, again, I powerfully believe, and by the way, uh, Sister Sarah Manet did see uh, the Chinese parish trooping down on the United States. Uh, she saw uh, many of these things in her vision, and one of these uh, solo days that I have, what I think I'm going to do, 
Um, because like I mentioned, uh, Sister Nancy is reporting uh, in the world of bringing guests on the radio show. It appears – now, this is a hypothesis, not a sure fact, but it appears that Christians that have been on YouTube, uh, on uh, the internetosphere, uh, pr- you know, pr- uh, telling people about their visions and their dreams and things over the years, well, anyway, it appears to us – that folks are starting to get uh, scared, you know, afraid. Um, we don't know, but we are no, we, we, I'm just going to leave it at that. It is, uh, extremely it's always been i've had these conversations with benjamin baruch he used to have a show that he did where he brought on guests and by the way these conversations were over six seven years old and i said to him i mentioned to him one time guest management is is very difficult and he said something along the line of boy you can say that again so anyway he had gotten away from uh that as well uh and um we we never really did get away from it it's just that we ha- we did notice a fantastic drop in um it used to be you would send you would send them an email and they'd say sure i'll come right on send them an email sure i'll come right on send them an email sure i'll come right on and you were getting like eight out of ten hits uh you know guests and you'd have to line them up and uh you know all that kind of stuff uh and sometimes be booked out two months in advance right not anymore (laughs) <laughs> so the only thing that I can figure is that folks are, you know, the, those of us who are awake and aware of the times that we live in right now, you know, at, like uh, Brother Zen Garcia likes to say, the, the fig tree generation, which <laughs> that's an understatement, right? Um, uh, yeah. So uh, I don't know. But um, I think what I'm going to do on the next uh, solo show that I do is I may go over the ceremony written part of her vision and just talk about it. Just piece by piece by piece talk through it because um, it merits that. It really merits that. It is, bar none, in my opinion, the most profoundly comprehensive vision of the end times given to anybody ever. It has more major events spread out over the longest period of time than any other person, including all of those who have been on the Prophecy Club and all that. Praise God. All right, so I think we might, you know, there's a different, you know, it's one thing to bring her on and have her talk about it. That's a blessing. Thank you, Jesus. And I, I we've... The problem is a lot of these guests that we've brought on in the past, I've had people say, hey, will you bring so-and-so on again? What they don't realize is that when we were bringing them on at the time that they did come on, some of these folks were in their 80s. I don't even know if they're around anymore. So anyway, um, you know, and I I know that Sarah was uh, not well, or at least she was, I don't know. So anyway, we just give it to the hands of Jesus, and we're just going to keep on walking it out, walking it out. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, because I really don't think we have all that much time left. But I'm going to play this one. This one is an excerpt from the X-Files, and I'm sure uh, uh, Brother um, West Coast Walter will jump all over it and tell us exactly what uh, series, what uh, season, you know, all that kind of stuff, and what episode it is. But anyway, uh, let's go ahead and play this one. It's very creepy. It's very prophetic. O'Malley has been making claims. Claims about what? You and everyone you know has a piece of DNA in your genome put there without your knowing it. Put there by whom? Well, that's the question of the day. This is an internet lunatic. You're not saying you believe him. Hold on, Agent Einstein. You're talking to a scientist. Uh, Forgive me, Assistant Director. It may sound insensitive, but the suggestion is pure science fiction. What I'm saying, Agent Einstein, is that the facts, as I understand them, cannot be discounted out of hand. 
No one has the right or the ability to tamper with your DNA. Unless we gave them that ability. Unless we gave them that ability. (laughs) Yeah, did you hear that? Okay, go to it, West Coast Walter. The clock is ticking. Which episode? Uh, you probably only have to say X-Files um, uh, in Dr. Einstein or DNA, X-Files DNA Einstein clip or something like that. <laughs> okay. But anyway, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Now, let's go ahead and do one more of these. This is uh, Bill Cooper. Uh, I don't know how many of you are familiar with Bill Cooper, but Bill Cooper uh, – did Sieges Radio Network over the 90s, and then they murdered him. He was uh, he wrote the book Behold a Pale Horse. He was a uh, United States naval officer who was in charge. Uh, he was naval intelligence, and he was in charge of reviewing the UFO information. I'm not talking about. Now, I know there's an awful lot of people out there that think either they're demons or they think um, things like, oh, it's a fake alien invasion coming. Folks, those people are in for the most horrific shock of their life that words I there's no words in the Oxford English Dictionary that can capture the magnitude of the shock that they're going to face. As a matter of fact, the scripture says in the book of Luke, men's hearts failing them for fear of those things that are coming upon the earth. Get it? And I don't know about you, but I've watched probably every apocalyptic movie that has ever been made, and I have never, ever seen a scene where somebody has fallen over and died because their hearts were failing them. Okay? And I really need to go back and look at Battle L.A. and see if anybody's hearts were failing them there. All right, praise God. But this is Bill Cooper going back when he was still alive. Um, uh, In the early part days of this program, we had Brother Kenneth on as my co-host, and he um, was actually part of the Sieges uh, operation. Now, he didn't work side-by-side with Bill Cooper, but they emailed back and forth and yada, yada, blah, blah, and all that kind of stuff. So it was kind of fascinating. But anyway, this is is one of his – I'm going to play it. All right, let's just play this and just get right to business. Come on. Come right up. Here we go. I don't care how long he works, and I don't care what he does. There is no job worth $2 million a year. That's why they pay athletes these fantastic salaries. I was listening to the radio the other day. They just contracted to pay one, one player on one team $6 million a year. Can you believe this? And why is that? It's the Roman circus. What does the emperor do? When the people become restive, and when the people are asking questions, and when the people don't like the policies of the emperor, he sends them to the circus. He creates a circus. He builds a giant coliseum, and he begins to throw the Christians to the lions. He has great chariot races, and football games, and basketball games, all to keep the idiots preoccupied with things that don't mean anything in the scheme of the entire world so that they don't have the time to learn what the truth is, so they don't ever get smart enough to learn how they're being manipulated, so they don't ever question the emperor. That's why they pay a player on a football team or a baseball team a million or two million or three million dollars a year. It is the Roman circus. Wow. Oh, and then when, you know, when you realize, you know, you go back to that movie, um, and uh, so West Coast Walter says it was season 10, episode 6 of The X-Files, season 10, episode (laughs) 6. All right, go West Coast Walter. 
All right, praise God. Now, this is amazing. This is a uh, a rant uh, uh, that was done by Glenn Beck. Glenn Beck was invited ingeniously on to do a segment with Tucker Carlson. And what he said, well, you just got to hear it. I cannot do it justice. Here we go. Hold on. There we go. So when the history of cable news is written, assuming anyone bothers to write it, but if it ever is written, Glenn Beck will have his own chapter as possibly the greatest synthesizer of big ideas ever to appear on camera. And a lot of people made fun of Glenn Beck over the years for that, but if you go back and watch the tape, you will find out that maybe more than any other person on television, Glenn Beck got it right again and again and again. So we thought tonight is the perfect opportunity to hear from him. He's the co-founder of Blaze Media. He's just written a book called The Great Reset, and he joins us now for an overview of what we're watching. Glenn Beck, thank you so much for coming on tonight. How, how, how you. would you interpret kind of you this? To say. Well, it's true. So let me, I, I've got a couple of things here for you. Um, let me just go through. I'm going to bring, a, I think, a different perspective to this. We have the banking crisis. They say it's fine. It's just beginning. We, um, yesterday, we had the Saudis and uh, Brazil and um, uh, China enter a deal to where the petrodollar is over. Brazil and China are going to uh, trade in their own currency. That's the beginning of the end of our currency. That means a dollar collapse. That yes. means we become Venezuela. We will have war with China. We will have war with Russia and Iran. Uh, we have the restrict bill. We have social media and our NSA and everybody else in bed with each other, silencing people. We, of course, have the raccoon dogs, which we all know is bullcrap. Um, and now this week we have a new... A gun grab that they're trying to do. Um, Biden and his family taking money from the Chinese. What do you think this Donald Trump thing is really all about? The American, the America that we knew, the fundamental transformation that started in 2008 is finished. We are no longer viewed as a superpower. We are now a, an elderly, what we're Joe Biden just walking into the twilight. What this is all about, I believe, is trying to inflame this country. Is in it, they've wanted violence from the right from the beginning. They can't yeah. wait it. They need it because if we strike out, look at January sixth, the day they're letting the shaman out of prison because it was all trumped up. Thank you, Tucker Carlson for uh, revealing this, the day they're letting him out, they do this to Donald Trump, they want you to strike out. Why? Because then they can close the cage. I'm gonna make another prediction for you, uh, Tucker. You said I got it right. Well, everything I've been talking about since 08, this is the time. I'm gonna make a prediction. By 2025, we are going to be at war we are going to have a new dollar, a currency that it probably is coming from the central bank. We'll have a currency collapse, uh, and we will live in a virtual police state. I know that might sound crazy to a lot of people. It's not far off. The, the Bill of Rights is gone. Nobody is paying attention. Where are the Republicans? Where are the decent Democrats that can see this is 
This is insanity. Donald Trump, the reason why this is going to um, help Donald Trump, and that's why I don't think they're doing it so he can't run. They're doing it because they want people to strike out. Please turn to God, repent, pray for our country, pray for peace. Put on the full armor of God. But here's what's really what they miss. Donald Trump is not even a person anymore. He is a symbol. He is a symbol of the average everyday guy that keeps getting screwed every single time. Watches other people screw up big banks, screw up their companies, and get away with it. They see people all the time doing stuff that they know if they did, they'd be in prison for 20 years. But because they're not part of the elite, they get away with it. Donald Trump has taken arrow after arrow, and that's why this is the way the average American feels tonight. I hope that there's a few Democrats out there, but this guy has been taking the bullets for the average person now for years, and people on the right feel like he's the only guy that really gets what the people are feeling and it's uh, it's not gonna it's not gonna end well uh, for the Democrats in the next election. It's just not. I don't know if Donald Trump is the winner or not, but I will tell you this: you're not going to stop a hundred million people. This country is in shambles, and there's going to be a hundred million people that will walk on broken glass and through fire to vote for. Someone other than this corrupt banana republic administration. Okay. <clears throat> now I'm, I'm going to add something that's a little troubling, but it's okay. Uh, maybe it was impressed upon me by the Lord. Maybe I just thought of it on my own. I take no claims, no credit, no nothing. I don't know. But it had occurred to me that. Okay, so the whole world out there that is awake and aware is chitter-chattering about the all these things that the WEF announced in their videos at Davos 2023. So their response as they collect these videos um, of the Moderna um, CEO, of the Pfizer CEO, all these entities – Um, And they say, oh, well, thank you for telling us what it is you're planning on doing. We're going to stop you. Okay, so that's that's, you know, the 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 predominant mindset is, hey, we're going to get ahead of this. There's more of us than there are them. And we are going to stop you. Now, this is what was impressed upon me. Unfortunately, I am of an exceedingly high certainty that by the time they actually announce or make the video of that which it is they are planning on doing, they already have all of the stuff in place. They're already doing it. In other words, it's – what do they call it? Ex post facto? I don't remember what the actual term is, but basically – it's hindsight 2020 kind of a thing. In other words, they come out and they say, "This we did this, we did that, we did this, we did that, we, or we're going to do this, we're going to do that. But really, what they're, they're announcing that which is already happening. Okay, so by the time somebody says, oh, we're going to fight back, we're not going to let that happen, too late. It's too late. Okay, 
So I wanted to share that. Also, did you hear what Glenn said by 2025? What about uh, how many people have said by 2025 so far? It's, it's, it's an endless stream of sources. I mean, you've got the Tom Horn book again, Zeitgeist 2025. Oh, and by the way, in case you didn't hear, you probably did, but in case you didn't hear, the poor guy that was doing the memes on Facebook or whatever about Hillary Clinton got 10 years in prison for doing memes. Now, I don't able to recognize that, but that the magnitude of the power that is in the Clintons are so horrifically dangerous that words cannot describe. Um, so anyway, I just wanted to share that with you. Uh, it, it's kind of a miracle that Trump is even alive right now. All right. And I, none of us know what's going to happen with the things now. Um, now, uh, you know, sister Kimberly had asked if it was basically front loading. I do not, I, I do not believe that is the case. Okay. Now, now let me, let me be as clear as I can. 99.999% of awake and aware Christians believe that the movies uh, and such like that are front-loading people, uh, and, and it's kind of like a form of lesser magic. I used to be in that club. I did. But then I thought, wait a minute, there's a higher order. There's a higher level. And that higher level is when you come to the realization Thank you, Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 4. Uh, and again, I will... Uh, let me see if I can pull that up for you real quick. I know we always run out of time. Seven, four. And it says, okay, hold on a second. No. Um, okay. Well, I dorked that up. I thought for sure it was Ecclesiastes seven, four. Um, hold on a second. I'll have to go over here and search it this way. Um, uh, or is it seven, fourteen? Hold on a second. Okay. And it's going to make me type it all in from scratch. Yes, it's 714. Okay. Brain damage. All right. So anyway, uh, and it says, the scripture reads as follows, quote, enjoy prosperity while you can. But when hard times strike, realize that both come from God. Remember that nothing is certain in this life. Okay. Now, does that mean that God actually executes those bad things? He has Satan to handle that. All right. And then out of that comes horrified, scared people that give their lives to Jesus in the midst of the horrific things that are happening around about them. More people will be brought to the Lord Jesus Christ in the difficult, horrible, horrific days ahead than probably any other time in the history of the world. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And I, I could give you so many examples. I could read you articles. I could read you history books that are very clear about this. The history of China, very clear about this. Uh, you know, and I'll, I'll leave you with this thought. And boy, do we have a lot more. So we got to bring on Brother um, brother Wayne. Uh, praise Jesus. And then, um, and then we'll just go ahead and wrap up the rest of this news uh, right, um, you know, on the back end. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. So anyway, I did go ahead and make this a uh, three-hour program so that we could cover all of the news, uh, you know, because it, it's so apocalyptic, folks. It's so apocalyptic. We're running out of time. Okay. The banks are going cashless. It is work in progress. It is happening as we speak. And 
All you got to do is look at what's going on in Australia. Look at what's going on in the United Kingdom. You you have to see it's the future. You're looking. You're literally looking into the future when you're looking at Australia. You're literally looking into the future when you're looking at the United Kingdom. Okay. And by the way, I'm, I am in contact with people in other countries in Europe. It's happening there too. Okay, now some of them are more aware of it than others, but I'm telling you, cashless, the central bank digital currencies, this is the mark of the beast. Now, what it is, is it's all, it's the, it's the um, infrastructure for the mark of the beast. Central bank digital currencies, digital IDs, uh, the environmental, social, and um, governmental uh, governance uh, ESG score, which is the equivalent of the social scoring system used in China, all these things are in place. Virtually every customer, every client I work for in my day job, SG Corporation. Um, Kroger Food Stores, I believe, just announced they're going to shut down 440 stores. I think that's the number. Where are people going to shop? Walmart. What are they putting on top of all of the food cabinets in Walmart now? In lockable, behind lockable food cabinets. Facial recognition scanners. Why do they have um, the uh, graphene uh, oxide nanoparticles inside? Because it manipulates the DNA. It talks to the DNA. The Giving everybody the um, swabs to swab themselves to check for the um, existence of COVID or whatever, not only was that a farce, but guess what? They were taking DNA samples from you. They need your DNA because with your DNA, they can program the systems to shut you down and kill you remotely. This is a DARPA project. We already have the audio to prove it. The Defense Advanced Research Project Agency. All right. We already have the audio on that to prove that it's a fact. This isn't debatable stuff. They've come right out and, and, I mean, totally in your face, and they've admitted it. So we know beyond any shadow of a doubt that all of these things are coming, all right? Um, and I got to go back and find my DARPA clip. But anyway, on that note, we are about uh, two, one, 60 seconds away. Let's see if we have Brother Gary on the line. And let me look at the numbers on the line right here. Now, Gary is like military precision. I think he jumps from show to show to show. Oh, no, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. Let me look. Nope. Wait. Nope. That's not him. Um, I'm watching very closely. Uh, for him to connect, he 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 is very timely. All right, so it's probably going to be within the next 30 seconds. But um, I definitely want to find that clip. There we go. Uh, he's calling in with a, his um, uh, Skype. Praise Jesus. So let me go ahead and bring him on here. Hallelujah, brother Gary, are you there? I am. I am. Uh, all Hello? right. Well, your timing is fantabulous. I mean, you're—I was telling people, Gary is like military strike precision. He, he calls in right on time. He, I said, I told people, I said, I think he jumps from radio show to radio show sometimes. Do, is that what you do? It feels like that sometimes. So I, I believe it. <laughs> yeah. 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 I know. I, I try and do a lot of shows, but I, I try not to do too many. Um, but. Yeah, I do. I probably average about five or six shows a week. So, oh, that's a lot. That is a lot. 
Praise God. That's awesome. Well, anyway, on that note, let me go ahead and uh, turn the microphone over to you, brother, and thank you so much for joining us. I was just uh, talking to folks about how fast they're bringing in the central bank digital currencies, the facial recognition scanners that they're installing in all of the Walmarts to lock up your food. If you don't, if you don't have your digital ID and, you're, and you didn't make anybody mad with your social credit score, uh, you'll actually be able to get food, and if you don't, you won't be able to open up the doors. So they're installing them. I have a Pentecostal pastor that is my plumber, and he told me – we were talking about this briefly while he was doing some work. And he said, oh, yeah, I've, been, I've done a pretty big plumbing job down in Miami, and I noticed that they had the facial recognition scanners installed in the Walmarts in Miami. So all of these – you know, I was telling people that unfortunately what's happening is um, – the so everybody's pointing to the videos that come from the World Economic Forum in the Davos meeting, and they say, look – they're, they're saying that they're going to do this. They're saying that they're going to do that. They're saying that they're going to do this. They're saying that they're going to do that. But the reality is when they make that video, it's already too late. That's why they are not shy about talking openly about what it is they're going to do, because when they say we're going to do this, what they really mean is we have already done it. So basically, the, you're already in a state of checkmate. By the time they even, by the time the video leaks out, so you've got all these people around the world going, well, we're we're eight billion people strong, and we can stomp those elites. We're going to stop them. And I'm like thinking, uh, you might be like a day late and fifty trillion dollars short, because <laughs> this stuff is going up fast. <laughs> Praise God. But anyway, I couldn't resist uh, sharing that with you, and I, I I'll go ahead and turn the mic over to you, brother. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. And, uh, you know, I'll underline that they are so far ahead on things that they haven't revealed to us yet that it is absolutely frightening once you sort of come to that sort of realization. And when they look at how are they going to get to that point of the mark of the beast that can have control of everything, whether you buy or sell, track you all the information, the ability to kill you if you don't take the mark or worship Satan or Antichrist. We're talking about a massive convergence of technology that we're seeing ramping up right now. So you're going to see a lot of test runs of that and implementation of that before we get there. But it's all the developing beast systems. So cryptocurrency, it's part of it. AI, it's part of it. Uh, if it's quantum computing, that has to be part of it as well. And cryptocurrency is the only thing out there that has the ability to uh, be cracked by quantum computing. But they also need cryptocurrency that's going to be part of the geomancy of this beast and mark and implant system that's all coming together. So we're actually going to touch around that issue a little bit tonight, not in, in depth and in detail, but sort of lead people into the theology kind of behind that. The, tonight's chapter is called The New Age of Aquarius, and it is chapter 41. So I think most people were aware of in 2012, we ended the last uh, astrological, uh, zodiacal uh, procession of the zodiac of an age, and we moved into the New Age of Aquarius, and you had even, you know, it's really kind of silly movie as it was as we look at it today about the destruction of the earth because that was on the Aztec calendar that is at the start 
or during the age of Aquarius that we would have a destruction by fire. It's just one of those preparations and one of those apocalyptic things that we need to be aware of that is sort of part of their whole deception and preparation so that they um, have ability to sort of work from both angles to cattle herd people into uh, the globalist government that they're trying to, to bring on. And so even though in the Aztec religion and belief system and history, they believe that the new age of Aquarius is when you have a destruction. You have to remember that one of those, you know, zodiacal ages is 2,160 years. So it could be early on into that age of Aquarius, but it doesn't have to be specifically the day that it rolled over into their astrological uh, belief systems. So, Astrology is part of polytheism, and astrology is not a science. It's actually an extension out of one of the seven sacred sciences of astronomy, but used to do what everything in science and education is used to do is to honor their pantheon of the gods, which is why they have all those different names and images and things like that. So this is not something that we as Christians ought to be part of this number mysticism, this geomancy, and this astrology, even though it can be, you know, tantalizing or fun or interesting, it is the worship of angels and the belief system that it is the angels of the fallen ones who control our destiny and not God. And so it's totally antithetical to our belief system, which, you know, polytheism is. It's a primary religion that has no room for monotheism. And, you know, conversely, as we look down the road and into the future, there's no room for polytheism either. So one's going to win out. They'll look at that as this dualism that is good versus evil that goes on perpetually. But it does not. But they will try and sell it to people that way and that there's different ages and transformations and evolution into different ages for all things that are are in the physical world. So they're going to try and deceive us away from what God has already told us, what the actual truth is. And they're going to try and diminish what God says and they're going to degrade God and they're going to dismiss God and they're going to honor their pantheon of God because that's what the seven sacred sciences were designed to do by Enoch, son of Cain, and why this powerful knowledge that eventually merged with the fallen angels was put into a mystical religion to keep it away from the mundane Adamites, uh, not of the lineage of Cain, and the Noahites thereafter, uh, not um, perverted over into the spurious religion. So we need to keep all of this in mind. And so... Uh, when we look at the New Age of Aquarius, this is a common term that's used in the New Age movement, which, again, is all part of this whole complex network of polytheism that is really branch religions of the same root pantheon that goes back to before the flood and also cross the flood and begat again anew at Babel, which is the allegory for end-time Babylon, just as Babylon is rooted in the Hebrew word Babel. So all of these things are important. And as that relates to the new age of Aquarius, we're going to talk about that a little bit more tonight, because I think we're going to see some relevant things in terms of 
the understanding of that age of Aquarius and polytheism. And in chapter 41, I open up the chapter uh, with an interesting verse because it's in that age of Aquarius. And even though it won't be the end of that zodiacal age, at least I don't think it will be, uh, it will be part of our end time where you have this intersection. And so the passage is in Daniel 12, verses 6 through 7. And it reads, One of them said to the man clothed in linen, who is above the waters of the river, how long will it be before these astonishing things are fulfilled? The man lifted his right hand and his left hand toward heaven, and I heard him swear by him who lives forever, saying, It will be for a time, times, and half a time. And when the power of the holy people has been finally broken, and all of these things will be completed. And time in prophetic allegory and in other places throughout the Bible, it can mean a duration, but prophetically it means a year. And times will mean multiple years and minimum for two years. And in this application and understanding, it is two years. So you have three times, which is three years and a half a time, which is three and a half years of that last seven years that's talked about in Daniel 9:27 that have been reserved for the fulfillment of all prophecy vision and to bring about the messiah and to end all sin and iniquity so um, all of this is is important to understanding as it intersects with the new age of aquarius and so in Daniel uh 12:4 we have uh, an interesting sort of intersection into the meaning of chapter 41. And it talks about sealing up the book of Daniel until the end time, until the time of the end, which depending on which translation that you may be reading. And that word end is the word ket, um, translated into English Q-U-T-S. And it means the end time, the latter days. And that's the same word that's used in Daniel 9.26, just before the seven-year covenant that Antichrist will negotiate that will bring about that last seven years, the time of the end. And it's used twice there. And so you see a convergence and perfection of prophecy with the numbers and the years and all the different passages and over the hundreds and hundreds of years of the age of the prophets, that even though there's that widespread accounting and drafting of these prophecies or scribing these prophecies down, they, they will work in perfect harmony because they're never, ever going to be in conflict. And so the midpoint of the last seven years is the time of the abomination. That's when Antichrist will be revealed and crowned, according to 2 Thessalonians 2.4. And the time that Jesus had previously marked for us to understand the midpoint in Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 17, and Luke 21, that splits the two halves of his sequential chronology of end-time events that he marked down to lay all prophecy around. Not vice versa. You lay all things around what Jesus said as the authority and the spirit of prophecy. At least that's my approach, and that's what I, I try and do, and I try not to leave out inconvenient passages. 
because eventually somebody's going to call you on it. So everything's got to fit like a glove. And, and in this case, that passage fits very, very well. And it's at a time at the midpoint where this verse is, which is going to be the time of Jacob's trouble or the time of the great tribulation. Um, that's not seen since the beginning of the world. And it's the time of the second exodus. So it's a very important series of events that starts to kick off the last three and a half years of the last seven. And at this time, is when uh, people will move to and fro. So it helps us with the defining of that in terms of the discernment for the end time, because fro is the word shoot or shoot, depending on how you want to transliterate that. And it means to rove or to run to and fro. So in other words, it's like a, as an example provided in the definition, it's like to be a mariner or travel with sea oars as they did travel around the world in that sort of manner. And so it's thought to be travel. And so this is a time of great travel, something that we have today. And it's also a time when knowledge will be increased. And knowledge is the Hebrew word da'ah. And it means, can mean cunning. So it can mean sort of deceptive knowledge, just as they teach in the first three sciences uh, that go into creating philosophy that we're going to talk more about as, as, as the presentation unfolds. And it also can mean knowledge. It can mean awareness, as an awareness of the times, of the events, of the seasons. The wits about people will be increased. It can mean that. And it can also mean discernment and or wisdom. So there's a few different sort of connotations that you can take to this meaning. And it may be a specifically chosen word because it may have been understood that it may be perhaps all of them. So if it's just discernment and biblical wisdom, then it would match up with Joel 2:28, And then, of course, it has a matching passage in the book of Acts about where there will be prophecy again in the end time. And there will be, and that happens in Joel 2.28 after the Joel 1 and 2 war, which is the Gog war of Ezekiel 38 and 39 and the Revelation 9 war, uh, before the midpoint of the last seven years, but not that far away. So within a year to year and a half at the outside when that war will take place, you will see prophecy again return to Judah and awakening lost Israel, as we mentioned, for that second exodus. And so we will see some of that discernment. And for people, if there isn't a rapture by that point in time, or people not raptured, one might expect to see the grafted in Christians to the Holy Covenant, that the Israel and Judah will be grafted in later in the last three and a half years, in the time of the second exodus, in time for the supper of the Lamb, maybe prophesying as well. And so you will also have in the first three and a half years, the 144,000, and you will also have the two witnesses. And this is to ensure that the complete gospel is also preached to the whole world. Just as in Revelation 14, at the midpoint of the last seven years, you will have the angel that preaches the last of the gospel to fulfill Jesus' words that he talks about in the first half of the of his chronology, and then the end will come. And that end will come 
in the last three and a half years. And everything, again, just works for perfection, works to perfection if you permit it. And so it can also mean knowledge and science, this increased knowledge that Daniel is talking about. Just as in the age of Aquarius, you have this explosion of science and knowledge as part of the understanding of the age of Aquarius and advancing at a rate that can only be understood in kind of a level of what happened in the days of Noah before the flood when the angels provided additional knowledge to the seven sciences. So it starts to exponentially increase. And we're seeing that. And we have no idea how far it was advancing. You know, there used to be a measurement that was put, 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 be put out every once in a while about how fast years were doubling or knowledge was doubling. And the last time I think they published it was one, you know, a double every five years. And that was like 20 some odd years ago. And if we think about the amount of advancement in computing technology and understanding that has been developed since then, it could be doubling every six months for all we know. It could be doubling less with the supercomputers and the quantum computers. And so we see this AI developing. We see the quantum computing being developed. We see cryptocurrency being developed. We see technologies to track everything, to store data, just as crypto works on that blockchain. That's part of that whole technology that will be merging into the beast system that is being sampled and tried in parts. It just hasn't come to that nexus point yet. And so we need to be aware of this knowledge and we need to think about the understanding that this type of system that's coming, that's already too late to stop. I don't care about what they might be saying right now. Maybe we should have a six-month recess of advancing that AI so we can get some rules and regulations around it. There, there are none, and there will be none, and six months won't stop it. This thing is going to move forward because it's actually leading the technology advancement because it's controlled and assisted by the fallen angels and the demonic presences that are amongst us, the invisible ones as part of the whole rebellious hierarchy. And so it will continue to advance. Just a mat doesn't just matters who it is. And even if it's the West, we did it. We have a new rival five Kings forming in the East of the Daniel two prophecy of the metallic diet, metallic empire prophecies in Daniel 2. And they're not going to follow any rules. So it's going to happen no matter what happens. So we need to be aware and start to understand that we may not be able to escape or stop what's going on. We can try and we should try and we should speak out, but we should be looking to prepare people for what is actually happening. And that this age of Aquarius is the age of Sophia. It is the age of philosophy. And it's an age of developing, as I said, DNA capabilities is what they've had in the past that is part of this whole technology, 3D printing and the things that they can do with that. Heck, they can do things right now, and it's still in its infant age. They can create any image with anybody speaking and make it believable. So they can frame you any, down the road any way they want, and nobody's going to know the difference except for the people who have the ability to control um, 
what's being done in that sort of aspect. So the times are changing and they're changing so quickly, we may not be able to um, uh, keep up with it. And I have a, uh, another quote out of, out of uh, chapter 41 I'll, I'll read, and it's very early on into the opening. It says, we must grasp the unexplained religious implications and their prearranged effects taking place today with respect to science, education, technology, aliens, and related issues. So then the question becomes, how have common unexplained threads woven into a common patchwork theme derived from the same furtive root religion? And I read that because all of this is sourcing back to that ancient belief system, that ancient polytheist religion, that mystical religion that they're going to be imposing on us. And we're seeing that happen in all sorts of different ways today. And it is visible and it is being tested and it is coming. It will be that religion we understand as the mystery religion and the woman who rides the beast of empires in Revelation 17. And so science is based in the seven sacred sciences. We know it as the seven liberal sciences today. It's what's taught in universities. It's what's taught in all of our schools. And it's rooted in polytheism. And those are the things that are being taught. So we ought not to be surprised that they use something uh, like evolutionary mysticism or evolutionary wisdom to lead people away from God and to dismiss God, and to degrade God. And then they'll weave that into their mystical religion as part of that evolutionary path on into godhood. And so uh, the, the doctrine of polytheism is the same doctrine of ancient polytheism. So what we're going to be seeing, what we are seeing, it's the same religion. It's just been not necessarily in the West and where it has been in the West, it's been underground. It's been part of the leadership. It's been part of the royal families. It's been part of the secret societies. It's been part of monastic orders that were um, mold into Catholicism. It's part of the knighthood orders. It's just, it's, it's there. We just don't recognize it. And anything that's an initiatory organization is part of that Leviathan group of organizations that is polytheism. And it's been disseminated through these seemingly unconnected organizations. And they advertise that loyalty and belief in all of their imagery all of their allegories and the design of their buildings. There's, it's not a coincidence why universities are taught in degrees because that's part of the mystical system. It's a knowledge cult. Gnosticism is a knowledge cult and that they believe knowledge is one of the key components to godhood along with immortality. So you have to have access to unlimited knowledge and it's something that they're developing and trying to get at access to unlimited knowledge all of the time and it's going to be part of this coming together of that technology in in the end time and so just as a secret society has 
imagery. We have this imagery in education. We see it with everything that is devoted to the gods of polytheism. Everything's named after the gods. Everything's based on philosophy, the love of Sophia. Sophia is the goddess, mother goddess of the 12 archons, whom they say God was part of and whom went rogue and is the evil God. And that Sophia means wisdom, as well as being the, this mother goddess aspect of the head of polytheism. And so the love of Sophia is the theology behind the science in the education system. So we can look into the education system today, and we can see that polytheism being taught to our students in all sorts of ways. We see the most obvious ones in terms of the types of genders and um, acceptance and teaching of things that we do not want to have taught to our children at such young ages, but it's part of that preparation. It's part of that end time brainwashing. It just has not yet come to to complete fruition, but we see what it's going to be and what it's going to be like. And we see the imagery that comes with that teaching. It's all polytheist in nature. It's not secular. It is not objective. It is completely biased and done through the lens of polytheism. And as monotheists and as followers of God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit, we need to understand this. And we need to understand that the end time is going to have this mystical religion that's going to have new Nephilim that are going to do the same thing. They're going to do it on steroids. They're going to do the same thing as they did in the past. Albeit, it's going to be in a progressive way. And a progressive way in its incarnation that is socialism and mystical religion. You know, in World War II, you saw... Or some contradictory, some a, a lot of people are talking you of saw, mRNA, mRNA. Apologies, uh, my computer <laughs> went nuts on me and stuff. I apologize for that. Please keep going. I, I'm sorry about that. I have to. I had a switch no in the wrong position. My bad. Okay, keep on going. Sorry about that, everybody. No worries. So this this incarnation of this progressiveness of of, of the left is a merging of socialism and mysticism. And we saw this in World War II, with a, in a World War II with National Socialism and Hitler is a, a spectacular comparative of the Reich Church, which is Ariosophy, it's the Aryan version of Theosophy, Ariosophy. And you have an Antichrist figure, and you have a Holocaust, which is again akin to the end time with the genocide that is going to be coming and, and part of the beast system, both with Babylon and then again with Antichrist. And this is the system, national socialism on a global scale that they want to implement. And if you're not familiar with theosophy, that is a religion that was created by Gnosticism, by the secret societies and the royal families. Um, Gnosticism is the older language, or older religion that goes back to the time of Jesus and even before, and it's what they believe is pooling of the original pantheons around the world, which was the was the um, home or root religion, and that all the variations around the world are different branches thereof. And this is the religion that they decided they would give 
bit of an upgrade and call it theosophies, the theology of Sophia, the theology of knowledge and wisdom, the theology that is was created to be what Francis Bacon and Rosicrucian in his book, The New Atlantis, had imagined, had envisioned, who and who is also the spiritual founder of the Royal Society, which controls all education and science even to this day, created by Rosicrucians and Freemasons, who are the last of the sorcerers and the first of the scientists, as they like to call themselves. This is the religion that will be working in harmony with the sciences in the end time, in the new age of Aquarius. None of this is coincidental. This is a long-term plan. This is long-term manipulation, preparing for a time when they can stage a rebellion against God in the last seven years. And so if we understand that theosophy then is the base religion coming from Gnosticism, but the base religion for what came about is New Age, it's the same religion. It's just another extension out of that same Western style of polytheism, and that's where the New Age, Age of Aquarius terminology we, we see being talked about through that more modern aspect of, of theosophy and Gnosticism. But understand that both are still the root religion to the extension that we call uh, new age today and the things of the Christ consciousness and the incarnation. These are all Gnostic doctrines. This is all doctrines that go back into prehistory. And so we have uh, the technology that's advancing. We have this move towards global government, this move to set up this new Atlantis in this new age this new Atlantis, which is the other allegory, which has those 10 kings and 10 groups of nations that's going to form this world government, um, just as it's talked about in Daniel 2 with the 10 toes, just as it's talked about in Daniel 7 with the 10 horns, just as it's talked about in Revelation 12, 13, and 17 with the same type of imagery that brings all of the Daniel prophecies together in, in, in combination uh, for what it's going to look like in the end time. And so with this knowledge and with this leadership that's coming, we're going to see a return some way, somehow of the Nephilim. There are, and it could be a combination of all. It could be uh, through demons. It could be through descendants. It could be through the recreation of new Nephilim. Or it could also be done through technology and AI. And we could have genetically altered super beings spearheading the movement in secret that we're not even aware of. So they would be already in place before we even know it in preparation for more advanced super beings or the original varieties or combinations thereof. What we do know is, is that we're going to see this type of leadership in place for the last seven years. And, you know, one of the interesting things about the New Testament is it was translated into English from Greek as it was copied down in the Roman Empire of the language of the empire and before with the Greek Empire. But Greek was the international language, kind of like what English is today. 
And so we don't get that direct transition or that direct correlation where we can line things up that has the same words as we can throughout the Old Testament in Hebrew. So it's hard. You don't, you're not going to read Nephilim. You're not going to read Raphaim in, in, in Greek. But you will get terms that line up with the positions and the bloodlines of those leaders. And in the end time, we have these great kings. We have these um, great leaders and these noble mighty ones. And mighty ones would be, you know, as that's translated, would be, you know, cognate to a gibberine of the mighty ones of Genesis 6-4. But that word sort of great for these great kings that are called mighty ones. Uh, that's grandis, uh, which I won't go through the whole understanding, but this is some some individual that's larger than normal and stout and wide and powerful. And just as great goes back to um, grandis and megasthenes uh, are the two words where you're going to see these Greek words go back to. So when you see in Revelation 18.23 or Revelation 6.15, you're talking about these mighty kings just as these mighty kings are killed in Revelation 19 uh, at the time of Armageddon, um, these are the bloodlines or these are the newly created altered beings or the newly created through um, sexual copulation as they were in the days of old. And we can't rule that out because it's going to be like the days of, of Noah. So we want to be able to anticipate that these new leaders, who they actually are, they're either going to take their bloodlines back or they're going to take their bloodlines back and be altered. And they're either going to hand that power over to newly created ones or take in demonic spirits and or a combination of all the above. We just can't rule anything out. But what we do know is we can understand them better by their actions and what they do, and what they believe, and what they show us. And so we need to anticipate these new leaders are going to be promising this utopia. And to reject what they're promising will be apocalypse. There will be nothing in between. It's that typical false flag. There's no third option. It's this or that. It's that cattle herding into the arms of the globalists who are these bloodline leaders who are these polytheists and so we need to anticipate that this is going to be behind everything that they do and it's going to increase like the birth pangs like the sorrows as we're taught taught by jesus to anticipate with being part of the fig tree generation and so there's a specific generation when all of this is going to happen and i believe we're in that fig tree generation we're just not in the last seven years but we're moving fairly quickly in that direction and with that sort of understanding then if we know that we're going to see what looks like the technology and it's not quite lining up with the right chronology, then understand that's part of that birth pain. So when we see what they're experimenting on, that's part of the beast system that's coming, that Antichrist is, is going to be ready for Antichrist at the midpoint of the last seven years, but probably fully also implemented without the anti, Antichrist mark system 
Uh, it might be another implant system, but not quite what the Antichrist will do at the midpoint. It might be that similar kind of system that Babylon will introduce beforehand and will squeeze people long before that midpoint into following the system or be left right out of the system. And most people don't sort of anticipate this. Yes, there's that big decision, that time of trial that's coming, but it's going to work up in, in, in the sorrows and in the increasing of the sorrows. And we need to understand that just as wars will be done in the same way. What will maybe looking like it might be World War III or Armageddon will not be. It's still yet to come. So we have to be aware of that. And that this this new order is their new Nephilim or Nephilim world order. It's the order of the old age, the new age order, which is the old order. It's all one and the same to them. And that they will be promising peace and utopia if you choose them. Apocalypse and destruction if you do not. They cannot bring utopia. It will be dystopia. It will not be peace. It will be more war. It's who they are. And so you want to identify the ones we want to be aware of by what they say and what they do. So if they're globalists or if they're perpetual war, they're polytheists. That's what they do as polytheists. It's the continual rivalries to be the one and the faction that can produce the Messiah that will be the family of the world at the midpoint of the last seven years. They're all in rivalry to do that. So we have to understand. And, and, and if you're part of a political party, understand that the establishment on both of the two U.S. parties and most parties around the world, the establishment are the polytheists and they are the globalists and they are the perpetual war. You can identify them by that fairly easily and then look closer. And I would encourage people to reposition more into a populist and right and wrong versus left and right. Having said that, that progressivism and that socialism is going to come from the left. But if that were to fail, you could just as easily bring it in from the right. It just looks like it's going to be populated by left-wing um, <clears throat> socialism and communism. And I think we're seeing that with the other countries around the world. So we're seeing that commonality. And so this, this dystopia that is going to be coming is not going to be a pleasant place for Christians. This will be not even a pleasant place for polytheists because of all of the destruction that's coming, even though they're promising peace. So this will not be utopia. And even if you're a polytheist, if you're not totally on side, you're, they're going to persecute you as well. And if you're secular, you're going to be persecuted as well. So um, if you think there's something objective and in the middle about being secular, it isn't in the black and white world. And secularism is just an extension of polytheism that was used to lead people away from God. So understand it's part of that left, but you're just not the valuable part of that left and polytheist uh, belief system. And so this is the age of Aquarius that they're promising, where humankind will evolve into godhood, into another level. 
in the age of Aquarius, where there'll be access to unlimited knowledge and the divine essence that will be part of the beast system. And probably we'll see parts of that with Babylon and maybe even before that. And that's that unlimited knowledge that comes from the multiverses um, that is sent through quantum entanglement throughout the various dimensions instantaneously. They'll be wanting to tap into that. That's part of that whole system that they're developing to to connect into that with the final mark of the beast. And this is the system that is en route to rebellion because they're going to need this this system and these promises and these cattle herding tactics to convince people and force them into rebellion against God, into the new Babel and new Babylon, and then capped off by Antichrist for the last three and a half years after he destroys Babylon, and he does, and replaces it with a new religion. We're told that in Revelation 17. And so this future resolution that they're bringing on in the new age of Aquarius is what they call the resolution to the Garden of Eden incident. And it's the resolution to the incident with the knowledge of good and evil. And knowledge is neither good or evil, but it's how it's used. And it's that wisdom that they're going to be promising to have unlimited knowledge, but also the discipline and the wisdom to manage that knowledge. And then they're going to have to provide immortality that Adam and Eve lost when they were ostracized from the Garden of Eden. So immortality will be part of that. And it's going to be part of that. And as part of that resolution into the new Eden, which is another term for this new age, because Gnosticism comes out of the word gnosis for knowledge just as they call in Gnosticism the tree of good and evil, they call that the tree of Gnosis. And Gnosticism and polytheism is a knowledge cult. And so it's part of that whole belief system that they're brainwashing our, our, our generation with. And they've been doing a very successful job by all of the manifestations and symptoms of things that we see. And, you know, I just look at what's going on on, on the epicenter of brainwashing on university campuses today and then just it's nowhere for christian or conservative to to be it's just uh, something we need to we need to find a way i think to uh, educate away from uh those those bastions of polytheism and we see what's coming out of it and they're going to continue to flood the marketplace of business, the marketplace of religion, the marketplace of everything with um, these newly trained recruits. So it's going to continue to increase in that manner as well, just as the beginning of sorrows tells us about. And that this age of Aquarius is also understood, not only as 2,160 years in polytheism, It's also known as the age of harsh judgment, reigned over by Saturn. So this is not going to be utopia in the manner that they're going to be telling people it will come at. And it's going to be reigned over by Saturn, which is an allegory not only for the chief polytheist god, but also for for Satan. And that makes sense because Satan is going to be worshipped along with Antichrist 
in the last three and a half years. This is the age of the water bearer, not for an apocalypse by water, but for an apocalypse that brings as they, and this is their definition, it's the water bearer who brings fiery torrents from heaven. This is destruction by fire, just as the Bible tells us in the end time. So it's not like we're going we're going to be wrong no matter what they say this is a destruction by fire just as false prophet will bring fire down from heaven who is the one who leads the religion and and guides the setting up of the image of the antichrist uh, for antichrist and is like the false elijah that makes the way for antichrist so this is going to be an age of destruction just as shiva is the destroyer God. And so when you see Shiva with polytheist scientific projects like CERN, understand that Shiva believes in rebirth through destruction. And that Shiva is equivalent to Abaddon and Apollyon that comes out of the abyss. And Abaddon and Apollyon is most likely the destroyer of the antediluvian age Azazel, as he's called in the book of Enoch, who was the leader of the host of rebellious watchers who were put into the abyss and locked into the abyss until just before the midpoint of the last seven years when an angel falls from heaven with the key to unlock that abyss so that we're going to have these fallen angels walking amongst us as they did in the days of Atlantis, as they did in the antediluvian period, as they did early after the flood, as with the Baalim of Mount Hermon. And then they were sent to the abyss, the the impassioned ones and the most terrible uh, of the gods. The other ones, the other fallen angels who didn't commit the level of crimes, they're still there too. They're part of the invisible ones. But now we're going to have all of the evil ones. And we're going to see that war in heaven in Revelation 12, where they're going to try and storm heaven again, and they're going to be thrown back to the earth. So sometime just before the midpoint, we're going to see the watchers in maybe in, in different forms because they have the ability to take different forms. It's probably part of the alien mythos as well as they disguise who they are to us, but they will be part of the last seven years and probably even before that. And so this will be a time talked about in polytheism as gut-wrenching decisions, a choice. So first we're going to be a choice for Babylon, but then it's going to be up to a choice to worship Antichrist or not. And we need to understand that there's going to be tribulation. And tribulation is not the same word as wrath, which derives in Greek in the New Testament and in Revelations from Thunos and Orge. This is solipsis, and it is the word for affliction that's used in, in Matthew 24, about verse 10, for this great tribulation um, that will happen to the saints that's recorded in revelation seven that the revelation six saints are told to wait for and it's the same word that is used to translate tribulation in the book of matthew after the abomination where you have the great tribulation that takes place 
in the last three and a half years not seen since the creation of the earth. That's a separate tribulation. And it's the affliction that happens in Mark as opposed to tribulation as it's translated, which is the same word thalipses for both Matthew and Mark. The translators have just seemingly confused the translation either in error or on purpose. I'll leave that for you to decide. But that is a separate translation. You have a tra- you have a tribulation of the world. You have the tribulation of the saints. But also in Revelation two eight to ten, we're told there's going to be ten days of tribulation. So there's going to be tribulation even before Babylon takes full power, and then establishes the ten kings who will hand their power over to Antichrist at the midpoint and, and destroys Babylon. There will be tribulation. That's increasing as we go, and there will be certain points where it raises up a significant level three years before the last seven, then at the start of the seven. And we know that there will be genocide and tribulation. We know there will be wrath, but the wrath is the wrath bulls that are poured out in the year of the Lord's wrath that we'll be saved from. And we're going to be saved from the trial. The trial is that temptation. That temptation is that time of decision. That time of decision is the mark of the beast. So we can expect that we will have tribulation for for 10 days. Uh, We may not be here for all of that, but we will have tribulation. And we will have persecution before the last 10 years. And then at the midpoint, as Revelation 12, 17, you're going to see this renewal of that blood oath of the Amalekites that was passed on to and sworn to by the rest of the Rephaim and giant nations to wipe Israel from the face of the earth. Babylon will try and do that. That's why Babylon has blood on her hands for slaughtering the saints in part of the tribulations, but so will Antichrist. And in Revelation 12, 17, Antichrist, Satan, and that whole Nephilim world order, that whole Nephilim world order, Nephilim means fallen ones, uh, root word for Nephil, for the Nephilim, the giants, will be trying to wipe out Israel and Judah. Israel will be awakened. They will be starting second exodus in the time of Jacob's trouble in uh, starting at about Revelation 12 when this persecution is going to start. And just as we have um, Jeremiah talking, Jeremiah 37, where it talks about Jacob's trouble, Daniel 12, one um, first few verses in there also talks about the time of trouble. And both of those are marked in the last three and a half years. And Daniel 12 specifically was in Michael stands which is the midpoint of the last seven years. And we get the timing of the three and a half years that comes later in, in Daniel 12 as well. So we totally understand the chronology of events and how that prophecy is marked. And so within this age of destruction and gut-wrenching decision, it's also a time in the new age of Aquarius where they're going to accept the Bible, but into an interpretive way, and they're going to reinvent the complete meaning. They'll reimagine it in the Gnostic manner, in the polytheist manner. 
Polytheism works on symbols and allegories and metaphors, and you have to be an adept to understand the true meaning. They look at the Bible as a fairy tale, just as Tolkien and Lewis said it had a eucatastrophe, which is uh, a Gnostic term for their literary stories where the hero doesn't have to suffer the horrible end, and so you give them a happily ever after ending. That's how they look at the crucifixion. They don't look at Jesus as being resurrected. They look at him that he died or he was saved uh, off the uh, cross and then uh, survived to produce offspring that grafted into their bloodline. So it's not what I believe, it's what they believe. And it's what they do with that belief system that that's important. And so they're going to completely reimagine the Bible and interpret it allegorically and fold it into the Babylon religion and they will cut off the three monotheist religions at Moses. They will do that by saying uh, Moses was a polytheist educated in Heliopolis, and that hits not only Judaism, Christianity, but also Islam, and they will use all of that and more, plus alleged proof that Jesus didn't rise from the dead to try and all but destroy Christianity and then fold all three into the mystical religions, understanding Gnostics already are mold throughout Christianity, understand that Kabbalism and other forms of Jewish mysticism is that ancient pantheon. And also you have the Sufism in Islam that's working that aspect with uh, throughout Islam with the uh, Sunni and the Shia as well. And so Babylon and Antichrist will have the blood of the saints on them. And this is a time when they will discredit Paul because Paul doesn't fit in. The scenes were, they, they um, are discussed uh, in, in the Dead Sea Scroll writings as calling him the heretic. That was the code word for Paul. And that the Pauline aspect of Christianity uh, took over Catholicism and the Jerusalem church and raised Jesus to deity status. And so they're going to attack Paul as well. And so, again, we'll understand who these people are by their actions. But we'll have to make those decisions to stand up. We'll have to make those decisions to try and persuade others as to what's happening, and we're going to have to be logical, and we're going to have to role model for people why they should become Christian, why they should go through persecution, and explain to them what the alternatives are, because everybody's going to have to make a choice that's still here. And in this time of the age of Aquarius, this time of so-called peace that will be anything but peace and anything but utopia, this will be a time when the world is going to, through war, through intrigue, going to be separated into 10 kingdoms. We see that starting today, I think, with Putin and G, who have bloodline descendants that they'll make their pedigree known. Putin already has that out there in terms of what he believes is 
bloodlines is that goes back to the Putyanin, which are the ancient czars, the Scythians, the Tuatadunan, the Dathanu, the Raphaim. And that he was born into this world through his father who moved from Kiev, whose grandfather was an out-of-wedlock child of the Putyanin, the Rurkud dynasty, the ones who established the Rurkud and through Vladimir the Great, whom Putin honors, uh, with that's the individual on the horse and the stallion, just as he has the double Anunnaki, who established the Putyanin czaring Tsar dynasty in Moscow, Meshek, and then was superseded in about 1600 with a junior offshoot of the Putyanin, which was the Romanovs. And so Putin is reestablishing his empire. And Putin, in this age of Aquarius, sees a larger role in the five kings of the East that uh, Xi is also part of. And I just wanted to sort of make that sort of connection for people as to how these groups of empires are going to happen it's not going to be totally peaceful. It's going to look like world war is coming, but it's, it's this age of Aquarius is not peace. It's false peace. It is, don't look over here for what's going on, peace. It is, it, it's all a lie and it's all a deception, but it's going to take that type of calamity to separate the world into those 10 kings. And we'll see that political fallout in the West, particularly as they move to a similar type of political false democracy with one party, one media. Heck, we're already seeing that already. We know what it's going to look like. We see it in countries like China. We see it in countries like Russia. We saw it in in, in Germany. We're going to see it here. It's coming. And they're using all of the technologies, all of these unconnected, seemingly unconnected organizations to bring it all about. And we're going to see those fallen angels walking amongst us again, just as Baal walked, walked amongst the uh, the people after the flood and was the god that they worshipped at the Ugarit, who they did fertility rituals to to bring Baal and Ashtaroth back to recreate more Raphaim. We're going to see that again. And we're going to see the destroyer God. We're going to see those ones released from the abyss in this age of Aquarius. We're going to see all of this going on while they're promising utopia. And this utopia has to be won through a war against the God of the Bible, whom they will call the evil God, who they call today the evil God, the one who brought on the flood and did horrible things to the Gentile nations. It will be truly like the days of Noah, as Matthew talked about in the days of Noah, as shows up in First Peter, as it shows up in Luke 17. And it will be like, as Luke talked about, the days of Lot as well and Sodom and that destruction by fire. And that's the transitional allegory into the end time fires that will destroy. I don't know. His call just disconnected when he was just getting to the punchline and wrapping it up. Oh, man. <laughs> I wonder if he'll call back to tie a ribbon on it or not. Let's wait and see if he calls back here. Um, oh, yeah, we need a little bit of Jeopardy music, right? Ding, 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 ding. I wonder if he's going to call back. Ding, 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 ding. Uh, waiting, watching, watching. <sighs> 
just so hard. It's like, come on, man. It was like 60 seconds. He was totally driving. Just going to wrap it up. Let's see if he calls back. Um, uh, I think I'll send him a text. Um, hold on a second here. Do, 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 do. I'm watching my – got to watch two things at once. So i got to hold my phone up and right in front of the computer screen while I'm looking at the radio show console. All right. So, Gary, G-A-R-Y-W-A. Okay. And, okay, so his phone is busy. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to send him a text message. Uh, okay. I don't know. Anyway, I'm not going to, I'll, I'll worry about it later. I, I, he's not calling. He, obviously he's not going to call back in. So, um, at least it looks like, or, or he just kept talking to wrap up the show. Cause that's the other thing that can happen. Sometimes you can get disconnected. It's happened to me where you get disconnected from the radio show and you don't really even realize you're disconnected and you're just like going on da 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 and this, that, and the other thing and everything. So he, he might be like, what the Frankenfurter is going on here? So anyway, um, Okay, so praise God. So I'll just keep uh, my – I don't think he's going to call back in after 9. Um, so I guess I better I better text him. So let me get, pull up my text app. Um, I do not know. Hold on. Okay. Um, <laughs> So um, I'm dialing into the program with uh, out of faith. I do not know, nor do I have the means to get feedback because my computer just blue screened. Yay. Um, and I'm waiting for it to come back up on live so that I can dial back in. Uh, okay, hold on a second. So I'm seeing some life here. There we go. So anyway, I don't even know if I'm live on the air right now. I just dialed all, you know, this, uh, wow, extremely large string of numbers that the Blog Talk Radio hosts have to dial in in order to connect to a program. Um, and so I'm just assuming <laughs> that, um, that I'm connected, but I have no idea. Um, so anyway, praise God, and I'm waiting for the main system to come up, the radio show computer to come up, um, and I'm going to go ahead and bring up the um, – the browser right now, because I really do want to finish, if possible, I'd like to hear, let's see, it says, it gives me a chance. Okay, so it's giving me a chance to restore everything. All right, and I'm looking, and yep, there's me. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to disconnect my phone and dial back in with Skype. All right, so that I'm going to do that right now, so you're going to hear a little bit of silence when I disconnect my phone, and then I'm going to dial back in with Skype, and then um, we'll uh, continue with the last segment. All right, so right right now I'm getting ready on the count of, well, I think I just have to hit the disconnect button on my phone, and then I'll dial in with Skype, and then we'll continue the last uh, hour of the program. All right, so here we go. Three, two, one, disconnecting. All right, so now I have to hope that uh i oh, that's weird okay hold on let me refresh the uh blog talk radio browser here 
And no, no. Okay, so uh, I need a sound check. Is there anybody out there that can give me some feedback? So I'm clicking here. Um, says no sound. Your back sound on. All is good. Is that a current feedback, Vera, or is that something you typed a few minutes ago? I don't have a timestamp on the text messages that you're sending me. She says it's okay. All right. Praise God. Um, hearing good now. You are fine. Got to drop. Uh, what's that? What's he saying here? I got to drop. I have to make dinner for the kids. Ah, okay. All righty there, West Coast Walter. Uh, oh, goodness gracious, that's so funny. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Now, what I want to do is finish up with the news as best as I can in the next 55 minutes. Sorry for the interruption. Um, I, you know, stuff happens. I, I made a mistake. I'm an early adopter, and one of the things I wanted to do if I, after I had that major lightning strike and the bumblebees, I told everybody the story, uh, the bumblebees were stopping Spectrum from turning on my cable, and I was down for like 11 days. Well, anyway, uh, when I, I lost the about $5,000 worth of electric equipment according to that, you know, in accordance with that lightning strike, uh, the damage. And I probably haven't figured out all the things that have blown up yet. I mean, it takes, sometimes it'll take you two years to figure out everything that you've lost from a major lightning strike. Now, I, I'm not going to waste any more time on this. I'm going to go ahead and bring up uh, my, hold on a second. Oh, man, when my computer restarts, it just, you get peppered with one, two, three, four, six, one, oh. You get peppered with all these logins, and they're critical, too, but I'm not going to get into that. All right, now let me find my uh, show notes for tonight, which requires – okay, here we go. Um, mm, Okay, so let me just go ahead, and there's Gary. Gary's smiling face on the top of the show notes, and I'm going to jump down here. Okay, she's not responding. Okay, I'm going to say save. Let's see if that gives me control of the computer. All right, double click, and we got control. All right, praise God. So anyway, um, so I want to continue forward. You heard the rant from uh, Glenn Beck, the Glenn Beck rant on the on Donald Trump, et cetera, et cetera. On uh, I already played that for you on Tucker Carlson. All right. Now the next headline up is Okay, Barron's reports that China Brazil strike a deal to ditch the dollar for trade. Okay, so this the whole financial world is just going nuts. And um, the problem is it's not making it into, into the media, not, not the way that you would think. It's almost like they really just don't want people to know that it's happening. But since I knew, I went ahead and set up new triggers where I'm being alerted from financial services corporations. Okay, so I did that proactively, and I can tell you that the notifications that I'm getting on a daily basis that are coming in from, you know, Yahoo Finance, finance.yahoo.com, et cetera, that are, they're automated messages. And I am here to tell you, the financial experts are flipping out. All right, so that has not backed off at all. And uh, I wanted to make everybody aware of that. Now, I'm going to have to zoom in on this particular article. I had mentioned this a little bit earlier. And this particular article is claiming that over 400 locations, uh, it says uh, it says by early 2024, over 400 uh, Kroger uh, grocery store locations will be shutting down. Now, I you know I'm not going to speculate too much, but we do. What do we know? We know that they're going to have to consolidate not just the banks, but consolidate all food. Okay, where you can go. 
to buy food. Uh, all that kind of stuff is going to have to be consolidated. So, all you know, in these 15 minutes, I, I don't know. I'm not going to speculate. There's no way we can uh, possibly understand how it's going to look at the end. Uh, it's already enough to make you just want to, you know. But anyway, I'll I'll just leave that to your imagination because it may, well, it nauseates me. I want to tell you straight up. There, there are times when I'm looking over this these news clips and I'm thinking to myself, oh man, because well because of the obvious. All right, praise God, thank you Jesus. Now I gotta I I did flip that switch incorrectly during Gary's talk, but now I gotta flip it back. Oh Lord, let me find it. There we go. All right, I just flipped it back, and I wanted you to hear the comment from this young lady in Melbourne, Australia. She calls herself the White Rabbit, and she does a little – everybody does a podcast nowadays. Everybody. I, I, I would estimate right now that, that probably one out of ten people, if not three out of ten people worldwide are eh, – probably one out of ten are doing podcasts. Most of them, I would suspect, probably lost their jobs and caught on – Wake and aware, and um, and uh, they started doing their own podcast, and a lot of them are charging. Everybody's charging. Everybody's charging. This is one of the few free things that are still left out there. Uh, is this this program? But just about everybody else is charging subscription service fees, et cetera, et cetera. Um, uh, not everybody, but a lot of them. I mean, my goodness, it's got to be in the high ninety percentile. But anyway, I'll go ahead and play this clip for you of this uh, young lady. I do not know her name. Uh, she just goes by the White Rabbit. So I'm going to go ahead and bring this up. Here we go. Standing by and click. So just left my ANZ bank where I'm attempting to close seven accounts that I've had with them since 2012 based on the fact that they are going cashless in certain branches. Um, I've already withdrawn most of the money that I have in these accounts, which are children's trust funds, savings accounts and everything else. Um, And they just told me in the branch that I can't actually officially sign off and close my accounts today that I have to make an appointment and come back tomorrow. So bye-bye, ANZ. When your banks go cashless, you need to vote with your feet. All right. So, so anyway, um, uh, so anyway, it sounds profound. It, you know, a lot of people believe they're going to fight back. I get it. I get it. I get it. What I don't think, again, well, I'm absolutely beyond certain, and I, I could tell that Gary, Gary had chimed in and said so himself. They're way ahead of us. There isn't no backing out. See, people, you know, Jones, Alex, I'm not picking on these people. I love these people. I, you know, this lady, uh, Joe Rogan, you know, there's so many, probably hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of podcasters all over the world that are telling everybody, we got to fight back. We got to fight back. There's more of us than them. And there's more of us, you know, that kind of thing. And it's all over the place. It's so pervasive that you can't, and it's like graphs, you know, it's like everywhere. But if, you, but if you're not awake and aware, I mean, if you're not out there probing the internetosphere to see how many people are awake and aware to these things, then you might not have a feel for the pervasiveness of it, but it is absolutely insane. And they, the the vast majority, if not all of them, not all of them, not all of them, but almost the vast majority of all of them believe that they're going to be able to fight back. They believe they're going to be able to take out the World Economic Forum. They believe that they, the goods are, the goods, the cat's out of the bag. You know, there's a trillion dollar, uh, I think somebody said it was a four trillion dollar lawsuit that's in progress against Pfizer and everybody's all up. They're like, wow, we're going to take out Pfizer. What? We're going to take out Pfizer. We're going to take out Pfizer. This is the, everybody got to watch this. Everybody got to watch this. And I see it going on in Twitter and everybody's just flipping out. And I'm, I'm like, no, you're not taking out Pfizer. Every, Pfizer, 
So the, whoever the judge who is that's presiding over the lawsuit, they're going to make a phone call in the middle of the night. They're going to tell them we're going to chop off fingers and toes of your kid. We're, it, that's how it works. It is the global satanic crime syndicate, and they operate just like a crime syndicate. So if, you, if you're not a type of person that understands how crime syndicates operate, then you don't understand what I'm talking about. You don't get it. And it's all right. I'm not picking on you. I'm just saying that if you're one of those people like me who like have historically liked shows like The Sopranos and Goodfellas and, you know, Reservoir Dogs and things like that, and you've watched them over your life, you know how they operate. You know, um, uh, The Godfather, which is, which is one of the first ones with Al, Al Pacino. But anyway, um, those programs, you know, if you, if you happen to be like me and had watched those in the past, then you know exactly how they operate and that and that I I'm I'm dead on the money praise you Jesus I know I'm absolutely accurate on this this is exactly what they do that's why Giuliani came forward when Trump was protesting and they were trying to file lawsuits with Dominion and everything else and um, and that Kraken woman and everything and they just took them all out they, they you know Giuliani came forward and said we can't keep any lawyers on our team they're all dropping like flies you know and he didn't mean they were dying but they were being threatened their lives were being threatened and they said the heck with this you know it's one thing to be a lawyer it's another thing to have the lives of your kids and everything else threatened, which is exactly what was happening. All right, so let's go ahead and listen to this fellow. Um, this is from a person uh, who calls himself uh, w- uh, Witch Genstein, okay? And, um, uh, and this is from Seven News out of Australia. Let's go ahead and take a listen to what they're saying uh, here. Because remember, we're not hearing these things in the United States of Babylon the Great right now. All right, so let's go ahead and pull this up. Here we go. We've taken another step towards a cashless society. A big bank has confirmed customers in some locations can no longer withdraw money over the counter as branches continue to wind back services. It's up there with the pub with no beer, the bank with no cash. ANZ has confirmed some branches no longer handle cash at the counter. Others are directing customers to smart ATMs for cash transactions. ANZ says only 8% of its customers rely solely on branches. NAB says for its customers, it's only 3%. The number of bank branches nationally dropped 30% in major cities over five years, from more than 3,000 to around 2,000. Okay, so basically, I find it most astonishing. I mean, why bother listening to the last snippet? Because they're just going to yickety-yak about percentage. You know, what's the value proposition of keeping the various, you know, bank branches open if nobody's hardly ever coming into the bank branches anymore? So they're just going to go through. But the very fact that you have the main News 7 announcer, or whatever you want to call it, uh, uh, you know, speaker, coming for, you know, uh, what uh, and saying, you know, cashless society. We're moving to a cashless society. You know, in that particular case, no question about it, you have – that is programming. That's mind control. Okay, when, when they come in and they introduce a particular news story and it's cashless society, cashless society, cashless society, cashless society, before they've even started to do the report. Oh, let me tell you what, that is definitely priming the pump and getting everybody's mind controlled through the dialogue, okay, which uh, Sister Kimberly was asking about early regarding front-loading. And that, in fact, was an example of true blue absolute front loading. Hallelujah. Okay, and it's, it's happening, you know, so is it happening in the United States? No. No, it's not. But, it, but will it? And will it ramp up? super duper fast eventually 
Mm, probably. Uh, and uh, I'm not going to make a conclusion on that, but I am going to share with you this particular young lady who has something to say about TD Bank, TD Bank, which, by the way, is, okay, that's TD Ameritrade. I used to have an account with them back when I traded stock and before I realized how what an idiot I was. And, um, uh, and uh, anyway, let's listen to what she says about her TD Bank or TD Ameritrade bank account. All right, here we go. Bring it up. See what's happening here in the United States of Babylon the Great. Little by little, folks. Canada, what's going on with TD Bank? It sure looks like TD Bank is trying to force digital ID. If this goes through without any pushback, you can bet the other banks are going to follow suit. Here's a copy of what some people got by email. I also have confirmation that there were paper copies sent out through the mail, and some people even had them hidden in their inbox for their online banking. That does not seem right. What's the main concern? The wording. Since when does not reaching out before a deadline count as consent? In every other case, you have to agree to terms and conditions. Non-action or not doing anything doesn't mean you agree. This is completely new and untrustworthy. In the very first email about this, it talks about the Interact Verification Service, formerly known as Verified.me. This is digital ID, folks. Go to the Verified.me webpage and check it out. It states it's a digital identity verification network. That's all. all right. So right there you have it. Um, and, heck, we can just go ahead and do that right now. Not that I want to, but I'm going to. Verify.me. Okay, let's take a look at this. So is this the United States of Babylon the Great's front place where everybody, yeah, says your digital identity in, have your digital identity in your control. And they show a guy happily looking at his cell phone and saying, look, it's me, I'm verified. Uh, anyway, so she's right. All right, so TD Ameritrade appears to be one of the very uh, early up, up uh, early adopters, if you will, of the central bank digital currency in the United States of Babylon the Great, and we can expect to see more and more and more and more and more and more and more of it uh, happening so lightning fast that we won't our heads are going to be spinning, which they already are. All right, praise God. So this is a uh, fellow by the name I believe uh, it, it, his name is Jason Whitlock, but I may have that wrong. So forgive me if I do. I'm simply reading the banner at the bottom of the report, but he's being interviewed by Tucker Carlson. And let's hear what he has to say. Okay, this is, again, in regard to um, the things that are happening around the world at light speed to control us and to get us ready for the mark of the beast. Oops. I don't say this with pride. I really don't. I'm just being factual. I've never voted. Uh, and so I'm not saying that with pride. I'm hardcore MAGA tonight. I'm, I'm har- I will be voting. I am hardcore MAGA. I've never voted. I, I did, you know, I observe Trump. I'm somewhat yeah. supportive of Trump, but they have made me MAGA, and they have made me ready for whatever is next because what they are building for young people, I, I can't, I can't sit by and just let it happen without raising my voice and without willing, being willing to sacrifice whatever so that kids don't live in a communist Marxist society. These people that think the government is going to take care of them don't understand history, that they've never studied history. They don't understand how tyrannical a government is. <laughs> what, what's, if they have their way, I, 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 if they have their way, we're all catching hell except for the elites. And yes, 
I have a very good bank account, and perhaps I'm an elite, but my heart is working class. My parents were factory workers. I came from nothing in this country. I'm black. They're telling everybody black here, oh, you can't come from nothing and make it in this country. That's bullshit. This country is the greatest country in the history of the planet. It's the safest, most prosperous place for black people and all people. That's why people are beating down the doors to get here. And they've demonized the whole thing, and they've turned Trump into this devilish, Luciferian character when they are the devils. They're the ones that don't believe in God. Jason all right, so I was right about that. His name is Whitlock, and he uh, says godless forces are at play here. Okay, so that was uh, another part of the interview, but praise God, thank you, Jesus. So again, these things, and uh, you know, again, just to emphasize, these are literally happening on Tucker Carlson's program every night. Now, why do you think a shape-shifting reptilian like Rupert Murdoch would allow him to do it? Because it doesn't matter. They already know they got us. We're surrounded. And they're in the in, – in the, I was doing some homework on uh, Klaus Schwab. His family comes from Nazi Germany in World War II. He is a true Nazi. Um, he uh, – and, and they, his family – I don't know if they owned it, operated it, but I think so. It was a company called AG, and that company – was part of the fascist network of companies that assisted in, you know, they were benefiting by the free labor. So was IBM. So was uh, IG Farben. A whole bunch of major corporations were benefiting by the free labor of the people that were being horrifically abused in places like Auschwitz, etc. Heartless, evil, blood-drinking, baby-killing Satanists. Very horrible. But most people, they don't quite get it. And it's sad. That's why you don't do memes of Clinton. She is a nine-foot-tall Draco reptilian, extremely powerful, and they, you know, we're talking about right-hand man to Satan kind of thing. You really don't want to go there. And that poor guy doing those memes just got 10 years in jail. Unbelievable. All right, let's listen to this. This is very, very unexpected. That's why I decided I wanted to play it tonight. All right, this is Morgan Freeman. Now, he's about as atheist, he's as, he's as, atheist as atheist can be, this guy, Morgan Freeman. All right, but listen to what he says. He's talking about Biden here. So we're going to bring it up and listen. It's kind of interesting. That's your old friend, Morgan. And I've had it up to here. You tell me what the hell is going on. Children are killed in the school. And this fool comes in talking about chocolate chip ice cream. What the hell is going on? I'm Dr. Jill Biden's husband. We all know that fool. Enough already. Get this guy out of there. Two years is enough. Everything costs more. Everything's going down the drain. We're being laughed at around the world. And this fool talking about his ice cream. I don't know about you, but I, I, you know, in this particular case, I think I'm, I'm, I'm siding with Morgan Freeman. <laughs> but, um, and I kind of wonder what is Obama thinking? Because Obama, we know, is the controller 
of Biden. Uh, he is the Antichrist, and they are doing absolutely everything that the Antichrist would do. I mean, he's it, it, he, think about it. This this whole trans army, transsexual, the dangerous ones for the well, they're all dangerous. Once you get them militarized and you get them pumped up, they're all in, phenomenally dangerous. And I really cannot emphasize that. I have seen endless streams of TikTok videos where they have AK-47s. They're showing off their weaponry. They're showing off how many bullets they have, their large extended magazines. And they are basically scowling into the camera, letting us know that they're going to shoot us. And just like Tucker Carlson said, he uh, on the one uh, video I, uh, that I played uh, one or two shows ago, uh, he said that um, transvestites and Christians cannot cohabitate. Uh, you know, they are diametrically opposed. In other words, they are natural arch enemies. So if you were the Antichrist and you were married, which he is, to a transvestite, which he is, when and that aligns, of course, to the Bible where it very nicely says that he will have no interest in women, which is true. Okay, we've heard the, we heard the testimony on this program of the FBI agent who's, who was warning us that, uh, you know, he was involved when they invented Obama and injected him into the presidency. That was all preplanned and also knew in advance that his mission was to destroy the United States, which aligns to the Awalu uh, son of Kenya prophecy that I have in my collection on tribulation-now.org, uh, which goes all the way back to like 1918 or 1919. So again, it's all the really scary part is at light speed. Thank you, Jesus. All right. So anyway, um, so I'm I'm just gonna I don't want to run out of time. So I'm gonna go ahead and mow through these. There was one. There was another audio I was gonna play, but I'm not. I'm I'm gonna have to cherry pick a little bit to keep on target. It, it was a it was a good one, but it wasn't a critical part of the storyline. Let's put it that way. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. All right, Trans Day of Vengeance in Washington, D.C. was canceled, and the reason why it was canceled, according to all of the sources, was that um, it, there was a credible threat to life and safety after the Nashville school massacre. So they decided to cancel it, um, and, uh, you know, and, and I'm just going to leave it at that because the rest of the article is probably just overflowing with um, uh, and again, it, it came from these organizers called the Trans Radical Activist Network or TRAN, T-R-A-N. Now, think about that. What was Obama, uh, Barry Sorter? Sortero, or Sortero, Sortero. Boy, I can't talk tonight with a darn. But what was he, what was he, he in Chicago. He was a person who rallied people behind causes. That's what he was. He was that was his job. That was his gig. That was his thing. That was he, that was his claim to fame. Okay, now um and so what is he doing? He's setting up trans radical activist networks, T R A N. This is all brainchild stuff being invented in real time. The Antichrist is rising up a, an army of uh, people-ish, 
people that are demon-possessed, and, and, and he's raising up this army. They're programming them. They're letting them know, hey, you can get away with anything. They're not, they're not, it's just like BLM and Antifa setting things on fire. Nobody got arrested. They could steal all they wanted to out of the buildings. Everybody's sitting around going, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Well, guess what? They're doing that same thing with this trans-radical activist network, or TRAN. Okay, and guess what? Just like Tucker Carlson said, as far as they're concerned, all Christians are their arch enemy, and they have AK-47s with an awful lot of web, you know, bullets, and they intend to use them, and they intend to shoot Christians, kill them, maim them, torture them, d- disembowel them. Okay, you need to understand that this is the establishment of exactly what Jesus said in Matthew 24, Luke 21, and Mark 13. Okay, um, you know, so let's pray fervently that we are found worthy to make the barley harvest and we need to really cozy up to our father real close and be in tears in prayer praying oh my okay and i i won't stop harping on this because i don't want anybody to have to go through the hell that is going to be brought to this earth okay and um it's going to be hell on earth it really really is all right praise jesus and uh, i was going to play a little thing but i'm not going to play that because that's old news all right so here is a man he is a senator his sen- I, it, it looks like his name is senator Antic, A-N-T-I-C, okay, and he is talking to the um, South, yep, it's Alex Antic, and he and he's talking to the parliament, I guess that's what they call him in Australia, and let's listen to what he has to say. Uh, so it's not that they're not awake, and it's not that they're not trying to reach their fellow lawmakers. The problem is they're way, way late. Nobody saw it coming. You know, the, the, it, I don't know if you understand the game of chess, but there are there's books on four-move checkmates, and that's how I got a blue ribbon at a chess conference. I studied four-move checkmates. I picked out one of the more nebulous ones. I got really, really, really good at it, and I executed in the tournament a four-move checkmate. Boom, 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 boom. Took him out and got blue ribbon. Uh, no, wait, was it a blue ribbon? It was second. It was I. I didn't win the overall competition, but I did get second place. Whatever the whatever the ribbon is for second place. That's what I got. All right. So that's basically what these entities have done to the human race and the entire world. But let's go ahead and listen to what Alex Antic um, is saying to the Parliament. All right. Praise God. Here we go. Cities are becoming digital surveillance precincts with so-called smart cities. Hold on. Australian cities are becoming digital surveillance precincts with so-called smart city programs being rolled out across the country. Invasive technologies such as facial recognition cameras, license plate readers, smart lights, smart poles, smart cars, smart neighbourhoods, smart homes and smart appliances all connected to wireless networks and communicating with each other. So what's wrong with that? Technology is good, isn't it? All this is for your safety, security and convenience, isn't it? Well, let me tell you, your streets are spying on you, your mobile phone is spying on you, your cities are spying on you, and the infrastructure for future lockdowns is being put into place right now. Don't be fooled. You're being set up to be tracked through your movements and through the future of your digital wallets. By handing over your data, you're handing over the ability to monitor your behaviour, which will soon be turned into a social credit score. And once the central bank digital currencies are in place, you won't get to spend your money without approval. Digital ID will soon become a reality in Australia. Many other countries are already rolling these systems out. Countries like Canada, Scotland and many others. 
Eventually, you won't be able to access any government or public services, and you won't be able to travel across borders or access healthcare or the internet without a digital ID. Think you won't comply? I think you will. The last two years were the dress rehearsal and we fell for it hook, line and sinker. Australians are sleepwalking into this technocratic future. And while we're sitting around, scratching our chins, trying to work out whether this is really happening, Australia is drifting towards a dystopian digital future. Australian city... All right, very well said. And by the way, the rest of the world is sleepwalking into it as well. All right. Um, and you know what? This at, again, I'm, I'm going to play this clip. This is uh, another Tucker Carlson segment, um, and it's going to kind of tie a ribbon on what I was just explaining regarding the trans network. So, you know, and I hope you understand it. I'm, I hope you're able to wrap your mind around it because it's very real and it is fulfilling the Holy Bible. Fulfilling the Holy Bible. Wow. That's awesome. Praise God. All right, let's listen to this segment from Car- uh, Tucker Carlson. All right, here we go. It was just last week that we noticed that parts of the transgender movement seemed to be getting militant and possibly dangerous. We did a whole segment about it on Thursday night. That segment was sparred by an NPR segment we had heard and never expected to hear. NPR is always, as a matter of editorial policy, completely opposed to civilian ownership of firearms, with the possible exception of maybe IRS agents. Yet here suddenly was that very same station, National Public Radio, positively urging trans people to buy guns, as many guns as possible, and if necessary, to use them. The world is dangerous, explained one trans gun owner. You have to be dangerous back. And that seems strange to us. Is the United States really a dangerous place for trans people? Well, West Baltimore is dangerous. You could easily get murdered there. But if you're trans in this country, obviously there are many downsides, but there do appear to be some benefits. It's a lot easier to get into Harvard, for example. It's definitely easier to get a job at Citibank or in the Biden White House. If you're transgender and so much as fly a kite, the Pentagon will happily make you an F-35 pilot just so Hollywood can make a movie about it. Identifying as trans, whatever, again, its downsides, does convey status in this country, which is why so many young people now do. Not a lot of 19-year-olds are pretending to be car mechanics or linemen for a regional power company in eastern Ohio, but plenty of college freshmen do pretend to be members of the opposite sex. And why wouldn't they? The people in charge despise working-class whites, but they venerate the trans community. All right. So anyway, there you have um, his testimony regarding his knowledge, his uh, you know, firsthand knowledge of the fact that the NPR, which is National Public Radio, they are they're they're part of the global satanic crime syndicate. OK, they take orders and they do exactly what they're told to do. And, you know, to his point they're they've always been anti-gun and now they're telling them to go out and get guns. This is to kill Christians. Okay, just so you know, I have a giant white Jesus. It's a you know going across the back of my car. You know, I'm I I got a five foot uh you know purple and gold Jesus flag on my house. I have a big giant Jesus on the front door of my house. Think I'm going to take him down? The answer is no, I'm not. If they want to shoot me, they can shoot me. It's fine. I just pray in the name of Jesus that they don't miss. I don't want to have to suffer the gunshot and then live through it. Forget that noise. I want to go to heaven. Thank you, Father. 
All right. So anyway, um, but no, I'm I'm not even the slightest, teentiest, weentiest bit concerned at all. If they want to come storming into an Applebee's when I'm sitting there, now that would be pretty horrible, and I don't want to even think about that happening. And quite frankly, I believe that the holy fire of God and the power of God's angels will protect me. All right, and that and that's fine. And and if God, look, do you think that? Do you think that some of the apostles, that, that when they died, we didn't get the full rundown, scripturally speaking, on how each one of them died, but and with the exception of John being dipped in the boiling oil. But um, the point is, you know, do you think any of them were like, oh, no, you know, all these people hate me. Uh, maybe, maybe I won't do my job for Jesus. No. <laughs> they just kept on going. Of course they did. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And that's exactly where I'm going to be on it. Now, there's a whole lot of segments. I am not going to. I'm taking a look at the time. Yeah, I got to watch my step. Uh, I could play some of these segments on Senate Bill S. It's S-686. And I will say, like, for example, in this particular um segment from uh, Tucker Carlson. Let me see. There's another one here where Rand Paul's going after Josh Hawley, which was one of the authors of the bill. Um, So you've got Alex Jones, you've got Tucker Carlson, and I'll I'll play a little snippet of the Tucker Carlson bit. Okay, so hold on, or, or segment. Okay, so here we go. It's taking me to the Rumble site where they have it published. But first tonight, every day more than 2 billion people use a social media app called TikTok. Many of them are young people under the age of 24. If you had kids, you probably know already how TikTok works. TikTok lets users upload short videos, usually they're under 30 seconds. What's interesting is that the content of these videos varies a lot depending upon what country you're in. If you're in China, where TikTok is headquartered, you tend to get more educational content. But if you live in this country, you get an awful lot of filth and propaganda tailored for kids. We're not guessing about this. We ran an experiment to prove it last summer. Watch. The TikTok that Chinese residents, children in China get to see, is very different from the one your kids are looking at here. Now, in China, where TikTok is known under a different name, videos like these are very common. Watch. You know what American kids, your kids are watching on TikTok, stuff like this. It's absolutely disgusting stuff. Uh, let me just leave it at that. I mean, essentially, American TikTok for them. Now, don't get me wrong. I did the TikTok thing for a little bit out of curiosity because I was getting some data from it. Um, and also, I I think animals are funny as can be. And I love funny cats and funny dogs and things like that. And that's pretty much all I looked at. But there's a whole world, probably 80% of TikTok, that is nothing but, you know, girls um, – that are around probably 15, 16, 17 years old, you know, stripping as naked as they can possibly get and gyrating themselves, you know, uh, in front of the screen. You know, it's uh, anyway, it's disgusting. It's just absolutely disgusting, the things that they do. So anyway, um, now, look, I'm just going to save time. I'm just going to cut to the chase. At the end of this little segment, uh, Tucker brings on an expert. And here we go. Hold on a second. Yeah. Here, let's start it here. Questions is an ally of Putin, and she's probably acting for motives that we find, well, abhorrent. 
But the question that she raises is real, and we want to be honest enough to say that. This may be one of those times, and they're common in Washington, where the solution has nothing to do with the problem and, in fact, degrades our free country and makes it something unrecognizable. Glenn Greenwald has been following all of this. He's host of System Update on Rumble, and he joins us tonight. Glenn, thank you so much for coming on. Um, never thought that we would be in this position. We've criticized TikTok pretty consistently for a number of years now, and certainly the government of China. But this does seem like an effort to make us more like China, not an effort to push back against China. There's so many ironies here. First of all, it's kind of astonishing. I've watched the Republican Party over the last two or three years, with my support, be very concerned, increasingly so, about the ability of the U.S. government to control what it is that we hear and see and can do on the Internet. That's what the Twitter files were about. That's what all kinds of controversies were about concerning the 2016 and 2020 election. And now the Republican Party, along with the Democratic Party, wants to give to the Biden administration a, an extraordinary power which is to ban social media platforms that Americans are choosing to use. 150 million Americans choose to use TikTok. Maybe we should educate them not to. No one's forcing them to. Some are children. Many are adults. You showed some of those. That is an extraordinary power. And what is really ironic about it as well is that for years, China and Iran and Russia were accused of being despotic because they wanted to ban Google and Facebook and other U.S. tech companies and did so based on many of the. All right. So now and then you, you, you've also got a very similar series of uh, videos and rants coming out of Alex Jones's operation. That's fine. Um, so uh, and. I could I could play you this little ditty here where uh, jo Senator Josh Hawley, the author, uh, is going back and forth with Rand Paul, back and forth with Rand Paul. Now, Rand Paul didn't say anything negative about the actual text inside the bill um, as much as Alex Jones's operation did. They zeroed in on the fact that they mentioned lots and lots of different technologies like Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi devices, routers, switches, you know, all that kind of stuff. Now, what they failed, you know, after all the fuss and hubbub, I thought to myself, okay, is this the moment in time where the plug needs to be pulled on tribulation now? Because I'm not going to stop serving Jesus and get thrown in jail for 20 years, which is what they were telling, because that, that's in the bill. It does say that the uh, the enforcement provision allows for up to, they don't, by the way, the people that are critiquing it, they just say 20 years. What they don't do is they don't say it's up to a possible level of 20 years and up to a fine of 250k. They don't talk about that. The other thing that they don't talk about is line 7 where it says B subsection I it says has not less than 1 million United States based active users at any point during the year period preceding the date on which the covered holding is referred to the president. Now then, so first off, they started out and they say, here is a handful of countries that we don't like and we have them on our you know, evil Axie list. Then they say, if any one of those evil countries has an app okay, that has wiggled its way into the United States, an application, a router, or any kind of a device, they mentioned Kaspersky, which is some fantastic antivirus, by the way, but now they're going after that because it's Russian, you know, and all that kind of weirdness. We've got to have, we gotta have a boogeyman. But in, the, in S 686, it states clearly that 
before they can and oh by the way another statement that is repeated over and over and over again inside of 686 is that it must cause uh and here let me go ahead no thank you jesus let me look at my time i don't want to lose too much of my time here um i i sent this over to sister elena because her and i are in in synchronicity on the concept of hey we're not going to jail you know and and we both know that there will come a time when tribulation now is taken out we know that it's coming it could come faster than we think all right now um but you know i'm not going to sit around and let alex jones's guys or some guest from rumble that uh tucker carlson brings on tell me what's in the bill i've been reading legalese contracts regulatory requirements for over 20 years and i i probably could very easily become a lawyer um you know well there's nothing easy about it it would be long and tedious and i have no interest in doing it but i'm just saying i can read contract ease very well all right so i understand exactly how they work so um so i'm gonna go ahead and find my little conversation here with elena i'll scroll up to the snippet that i gave her let me see there's the one snippet ah oh i got it on my desk but it has to oh i want to go ahead and read to you exactly here it is let me find it. I'm opening it up. Here we go. All right. I highlighted it in yellow. Wait a minute. Here we go. Okay. So the mil- you got the million users clause. So it's got to be communicating with a million users. So a million people in the United States got to be using it before it crosses the threshold uh, whereby they are able to uh, enforce it and stop the people from doing it. Okay. So it's got to cross the million person user threshold. That's one thing. Okay. Then, um, then the next thing is, uh, hold on, let me scroll down, scroll down, scroll down, scroll, 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 scrolling, scrolling. Where's the next yellow section? Maybe I didn't save it, but it says over and over again that it has to cause like irreparable, irreparable or extremely bad to the United States. And uh, it's just got to be super duper really bad. And I wanted to read you the actual statement that they used to qualify action under this particular bill. Okay. And uh, it, it something along the lines of, and I'm totally, uh, um, uh, paraphrasing here, but it it has to uh, call you know be super duper bad. We'll, we'll just leave it at that. It has to be super duper 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 irreparable damage against the security of the United States of America. Now, could, is there possibilities that they could you know twist it like they did the Patriot Act and turn it into something horrible? Yes, uh, there is. But um, I will say this: I am not at all surprised that there there's a phenomenal amount of pushback going on right now against it. And it doesn't look like they're going to get it through anyway. But I can tell you from my experience and from reading it that the fuss that is out there right now telling everybody, oh, no, it's the end of the world. They're going to monitor every little thing. They're going to put all kinds of little, you know, you know, bots and stuff on our on our Wi-Fi connections. They're going to listen to everything we say. They're going to you know monitor our phones all day long. This is the end of the world. The end of the world is the most horrible thing that has ever happened. Bunk. 
It's got to have um, it's got to be one of the countries that are identified. And yes, they can add to the list. I know. Uh, and they've and it's got to be over a million users using it. And it's got to have catastrophic uh, national security implications by virtue of them continuing to use it. And then the enforcement clauses kick in. All right. So anybody, no, nobody out there looked at it and said. I might be maybe I'm the only person in the whole world that's talking about this. But anyway, I needed to know because I needed to know if they were going to come after me. All right, praise God, thank you Jesus. And I'm I'm staying, you know, if I got to be alive on this earth, it ain't going to be in a prison cell unless the Lord wants me to go to a prison cell. You know, and that may be part of my destiny. I do not know. And if it if that's where God wants me to go, then I'll go there. Praise his name. I mean, even Paul turned himself into, you know, Caesar uh, to get and then he had to hang around. Can you imagine that? Hanging around and preaching, but he got he preached. He brought a lot of people to Jesus while he was hanging around, waiting for his head to get cut off. All right. So anyway, so Paul was busy, and I have every intention of being busy too. All right. But I'm not going to ask for them to throw me in jail. I'm not going to walk up and say, "Hey, shoot me, you transgender person with that big old gun in your hand." No. I, as a matter of fact, uh, Timothy uh, in the Fox's Book of Martyrs, he went out uh, of his house after a crowd of pagans in a parade, doing all kinds of evil, horrible things kind of like the transes do in their little parades. And uh, Timothy went after him. He rebuked him publicly. He stood right in the middle of the street, and he was like, You can't do this! This is an abomination! And they beat him to death. They drugged Timothy's body in, and they laid it down, laid his body down inside of his home, I suppose, or maybe somebody else's home. Who knows? And he w- had internal injuries and was bleeding out, and um, ultimately ended up dying that night because he couldn't con- control himself, and he went after you know all the transes and stuff, doing the abominable things they were doing in the parade. That's how Timothy of the book of, you know, uh, uh, of the uh, Timothy 1, Timothy 2, you know, Paul training him and all that kind of stuff. That was Timothy. That's how he died. I wonder to myself, how much more wonderful things could Timothy have done for Jesus if he wouldn't gone after that parade? So, you know, and am, 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 am I suggesting that God saw that as a bad thing to do? No, I, I'm not suggesting that. But I just wonder to myself, as I apply the Bible to my life, I ask the hard questions. I ask the super hard questions. I ask the questions that nobody else will even ask. They don't even think to ask them. Okay, and that's me. I'm the guy that's going to ask the really hard question. And the really hard question to me is, can I still do good things for Jesus on this earth if I can keep my fat Hawaiian shirt-wearing butt out of jail? And if the answer is yes, then hallelujah. I'm going to do it. All right? Uh, and so, you know, uh, there may come a time, or or maybe uh, I'll be on this show, and all of a sudden, poof, and I'm gone. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Uh, blue streak of light, big blue object in the sky, two wings of a great eagle. Hallelujah. All right. So anyway, um, uh, so listen to this. Katie Hobbs, press secretary, that's the lady who illegally won the um, governor's position in uh, Arizona. Um, Her uh, press secretary uh, published, and it appears to be on Twitter, she published, she said, um, this is us. I am joking or not. It says, this is Governor Katie Hobbs, press secretary, Jocelyn Berry advocating for violence against those who oppose the radical trans agenda. And she publishes 
this. It says, this is us, so evidently Jocelyn Berry must be a transvestite, I suppose. And she says, this is us when we see transphobes. Now, do you think a Christian would be considered a transphobe? Yes, because they 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 clear there's you know come on folks they're demon possessed in a in a way that is just unbelievable I don't see reparations here this is, there's a, there's a scripture in at toward the book, end of the book of Revelation it says you know essentially let the evil be evil still let the righteous be righteous still you know that kind of thing you know or whatever I you know, I, I'm, I just kind of wonder if we haven't come and crossed that line already I don't see a whole lot of these entities, you know, going to their knees and saying, Jesus, forgive me. Um, but hey, we're, we're commanded to watch and pray. Praise God. So that's what we do. We watch and we pray. And by the way, our prayers are unspeakably powerful. All right, next one up. Oh my gosh, I'm down to six minutes already. Nashville mass shooter was rejected by her. Get this, folks. Are you ready? This is from the Daily Mail in the United States version. She was rejected by her, oh my Christian parents, which obviously drove her to kill all those children. Are you starting to put the storyline together? I hope that you are, because we need to be aware of what's coming. Another one, uh, listen to this. A drag queen summer camp for kids 7 through 11 will be hosted and funded by the Vancouver uh, Theater. Okay, and blah, 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 blah. So anyway, there's a whole article on that. Um, I'm going to play this for you. It's nauseating, so please prepare yourself. But this is how much publication they're putting out on this. Convert your children. Someone's got to teach them not to hate. We're coming for them. We're coming for your children. That's a whole big bunch of transvestites singing how they're going to come for your children. Hmm? Yeah, the marketing behind this is absolutely unbelievable. I mean, it's got to be hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars of marketing behind this. But you know what? That's a check from Soros. That's, you know, uh, anyway. So anyway, uh, another headline here, Trump indictment. Uh, they have now, they have trumped up, pun intended, two dozen counts. One other article actually says now they're up to 30 counts that they're going to bring against Donald Trump for this indictment. So um, all of these lawmakers and people flipping out and saying there's no way this is going to wash. It, folks, watch and pray. Watch and pray. I don't know what's going to happen. Another article from the Daily Beast has Marjorie Taylor Greene saying this is a witch hunt. She uses some pretty colorful language. The GOP law, lawmakers are quickly siding with Donald Trump on the indictment. All right. Another uh, article says media organizations request that New York judge unseal the Trump indictment and allow audiovisual access to the court. They want people to be able to see what they're blaming him for so that they know what a farce is, uh, what a farce it is. Now, Lindsey Graham was brought on to the um, on to uh, Hannity's show, and he started, you know, just going off about this is just not right what they're doing to Donald Trump. You need to help him. You need to log into this website and give him money so that he's able to pay for this stuff. I found that to be very strange because the word I got was uh, Lindsey Williams is like a triple agent. I don't know. Maybe the information I got was wrong. So I always stand on that. I'm going to be wrong. Not it's not if I'm wrong. It's I am going to be wrong. 
okay? Because there's nothing but lies out on the Internet. So I'm trying to sift through them, pray over them, and make some sense out of it using critical thinking skills as best as I know how. Now, is he, is he a triple agent? I don't know, but I have seen accusations of such um, from various sources. Is it, you know, so again, enough is enough, and I'm moving on. All right, McCarthy on Trump indictment. New York prosecutor irreparably damaged America uh, and the Congress will intervene. So according to McCarthy, they have every re- they believe that they're going to be able to intervene for whatever naughty naughty happens during the whole case. All right, now they had leftists, not trans, but leftists stormed the Tennessee Capitol uh, and caused all kinds of havoc this last week. Um, And we've already talked about the cashless bank. We also know about the QAnon shaman, Jacob Chansley, being released from prison after the January 6th footage came out. So that was kind of nice. But at the same time, they were throwing the guy that did the memes uh, in jail for 10 years. Also, horrifically, uh, 26 people died, sadly, in the Arkansas uh, tornado event. Absolutely horrific, just terrible. But the weather situation around is just unbelievable. Listen, this this is another headline. Well, from Stu Peters, and he says, this is what happens when your Murdoch-owned media outlets are staffed by various members of the intelligence community. So everybody's making a fuss about this Wall Street Journal reporter that was captured in the uh, Soviet Union. Sorry, I had a flashback to the past. In the Russian Federation and put in jail. The problem is that a vast majority of these reporters actually are double agents. Also redacted, who I play a lot of snippets for, is saying that the Ukraine has officially run out of ammunition for their rocket launchers and their guns. Is this true? And has somebody restocked them? I do not know. But at the time that this video came out, they were supposedly telling everybody, we're running out of bullets, we're running out of missiles, we're running out of everything, we're going to be run over by the Russian Federation. Of course, we're not going to hear that in this country. Another headline says Saudi Arabia joined the China-led economic and and security bloc. So this is the fall of the petrodollar. Uh, Cash flow from Blackstone portfolio no longer covers the debt payments, according to Moody's. These things are all happening in real time. Okay, so folks, I just want you to know, Buckle up, be ready, draw in closer to Jesus, and make that barley first fruits harvest no matter what. Thank you, Father. God bless you all for joining us tonight. We will see you Wednesday night at 7 p.m., Lord willing. Hallelujah.
amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.